practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. I'm going in, I'm going hot, I'm sugar spiked, I'm feeling good. Oh God, so mm. this is episode 38.5? Whoa, 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 cut, scratch. Sorry. I'd already planned on Not saying, this is episode you tell me. <laughs> nice, but now they know it's 38.5. Okay. Or 39. thirty-nine, could be thirty-seven, okay. can't be thirty-seven. Why not? Oh, wow. Reality's relative. <laughs> Reality is relative. We've established that. If you want Indeed. to view episodes, deal, 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 deal. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, Jerk Practice Podcast. My name's Hans Henning. Special guest Allison. Yes, indeed, still here. Tripod month. Yep. She's on three pods. That's I'm... what it means. You know, I really <laughs> did think tripod meant recommend three. Tripods, uh, not try a pod. Oh, not that it matters. Had, no. Someone but spelled it, it out for you. Uh, I I did hear somebody say, you know, what like when you finally do hear something that you had been wrong on yep. all this time, you go, oh, well, I've been saying that wrong in front of a makes... lot of people, and it's on them, not you, by the way. Is it? Do the right thing and correct somebody. Do the right thing and tell them there's something in their teeth. Do the right thing and tell them they got a bug hanging. Just be, <laughs> you know, yeah, why not? Be a mensch. Be a mensch. Mensch. Did I mention be a mensch? <laughs> Do I have a bug hanging? Is that what you're trying to say? No. Oh, I hate that. But I'm and and you know what? Even when somebody does tell you that, you kind of feel bad for a minute. Like, ugh, I'm human. I expel oozies and woozies and goozies. But then you go, well, at least I don't Better have that in front of the queen. You know, <laughs> where, where I go next? Exhaling really hard or laughing at. In an opportune moment, and it shoots out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You want to nip that in the bud. Mm-hmm. Deal I, with it. I used to have a, I used to, there was a kid I knew growing up, and now he's grown up, so this is when he's a kid, so it's not a judgment on him, but it was pretty funky. He just had a booger wall. Oh. <laughs> this is where boogers get flung, and you go into the room, and if you wanted to fling a booger, you fling it in the wall. That's fine. He's a, It's not, but it. it's not. But it is. Fuck it. You kid, you do we you do worse things. I worked at so when I first moved to New York, I've shared this. I worked selling hot dogs Mm -hmm. uh, at a place. uh, I was initially on the Upper West Side in like the fifties. I forget even where. Uh, Then I got moved down to Chelsea, where I eventually like made home base at different jobs and getting off base here. But uh, there was the way this job worked is. Um, my, the, one of the owners, there was two owners, a German and a British guy. The British guy was like super cool, hands off, Mm -hmm. knew everybody's name was jovial. Mm -hmm. The German was like, you couldn't stereotype a more German bureaucratic, the trains run on time. That's That's Irish. No, that's Italian. Italian. (laughs) Italians with an Irish chagrin. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's where chagrin comes from. It's a chagrin. All right. Um, so anyways, but he would get tax breaks by hiring ex-convicts. Oh, interesting. Okay. Sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Tough people, some of these ex-cons mm-hmm. from New York. Okay. I think the correct term these days is ex-offender. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Ex-offenders. Mm-hmm. Did I spice it up? Hmm? Interesting. It's a long story. Between being convicted and having offended. 
I, I have a friend who's who's a I don't want to say the wrong thing. I have a friend who's who was a prison librarian got caught smuggling drugs because they were the prisoners were blackmailing him because he's gay and uh, yeah. So ex-offender is what I understand. Ex-offender is all okay, good. Okay, so anyway. So because that... I was their offender. In their <laughs> eyes, I was the offender. Okay. Because I got, uh, they had been there longer. And this was like pure, poor priv. Hmm. I had, they had been there longer, but mm-hmm. I got the promotion to like assistant floor manager in charge of dog fryers or something, right? <laughs> so I became their boss. Guess Ooh. who doesn't want a small, frail, 22-year-old white rube poor priv rube idiot who doesn't want to be there anyway who's late guess who doesn't want me as their boss all of them tough hard ex-offenders yeah. that don't want to be there to begin with yeah, but they that aren't have a treated job. properly there because nobody was mm-hmm. so there was one guy who took it out on the wall in the bathroom <laughs> and created and that's where i'm going he just made his own booger wall and this was like the <laughs> renaissance humanist period of booger walls this was a whole change in the edifice of art like this was dripping and crusty and dry and he was so proud of it Mm. and i was just oh god this guy was so angry he hated me so much not i'm the cool boss by the way Mm, because i'm too afraid to say anything yeah, <laughs> which I guess doesn't make me the cool boss because I remember they would get the most mad at me because squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Mm-hmm. So these ex-offenders that were there that were hustling and doing their thing because it is like kind of hard to get a gig coming out of being institutionalized like that. Yes. Like the system yeah. is set up to fuck you forever. Yeah, I think there's a great movie on that called 13 or something on Netflix. Do you guys hear about that, right? Yeah, no, it's about the 13th Amendment. 13th Amendment. Mm. That just peep, that Well, that's a race thing there. But yeah. anyways, the prison system in the United States, this isn't coming for from me. I'm taking this from others, uh, is really, really fucked. And it fucks yeah. you forever. Um, there's an interesting one on the sex offender can aspect you, of that, too. Can you vote once you're free no. again? Um, that, 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 that was one of the things that, that my friend who had then had a felony on his record um his at at some point his now husband and his brother-in-law who was an attorney got together and one year for his birthday or christmas they uh, got his record expunged they got all his civil rights restored mm-hmm. and so he could vote because mm-hmm. typically felons can't vote and lots the only he says the only thing he can't do is sell guns which he says is a damn shame because that was his, that was his career this plan. Yeah, we'll so no, you know, felons, yeah, to Cuba, no voting. At least that, that he lives in Virginia. Uh, it may be different. It may differ I by think state, it's state to state. Um, <clears throat> squeaky wheel gets the grease. Oh, anyway, they would just be pissed off because angry booger wall. They're there hustling. They need the job. Yeah. But then there was also kids that still lived with their parents that don't need the job because oh. it's one of those jobs. Yeah, yeah. And they're the ones who bitch the most. Uh-huh. And if they bitch like, I need to go home early. That was what kind of voice was that? Who am I impersonating? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I need to go home early. <laughs> they got to go home lost. early because I was like, yeah, all right. Your stuff done. Hmm. Fine. Ex-offender, mm-hmm. mad at boss because mm-hmm. he's still there and now yeah. maybe he has to do extra work. And I just remember this was a tough motherfucking dude. And I just I just remember like just uh, 
it's one of those moments where you can step outside of your body and look at your life and go, right over here is a booger wall. Right over here is a guy with a tattoo that says MS-13. Across his, he, he had a um, assault rifle tattooed across his stomach. Okay. Why did I know that? Because he was like, didn't give a fuck. Like when he got mad, his reaction was class, like classic anger. And I just know it from like classic angry, like guy in high school that didn't know how to express his feelings so he'd just rip off his shirt and say look how tough my muscles are mm. yeah you know that you know that no. move i don't i don't that move I is just like, all the time like, myself no, take yeah. a hold my shirt hold my shirt so he there would be customers in there schmeigel robert schmeigel yep, yep. probably if was he was there at that time when he wrote a sketch and stole it mm. uh yeah he'd just take off his shirt like right there and be like this is bullshit <laughs> it's like oh my god <laughs> step outside of your body and just go this is not my life. That's that Robin Williams line, right? From Mrs. Doubtfire. This is not my life. This is not my life. How many times do you say that? Uh, he was pretty content. When he got his face run over by the garbage truck. Uh, no, it's a. It's when he's impressing the guy who runs the um, the public access station. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. trying to run back and forth between the the Pierce Brosnan table and no and the, uh, earlier than the that. Old guy. When he's setting up that appointment, he impresses him because he's so snarky. He's watching the guy who was from the jet. Had you seen this movie? Mm-mm. Mrs. Doubtfire? No. Um, even, even, <laughs> even in this Oh, unit. boy. <laughs> I wow. get to feel culturally superior for once. <laughs> I remember my buddy Verno. He's going to like this. I remember the big gossip. We, we, we are TV nerdies. I don't think he'll be uh, ashamed to say that. TV movie nerdies. And our big gossip was right, one yeah, summer only, was. I only saw it because it was on TV all the time. Like Encino Man, you see it. You didn't see it theater. Theater oh, side. No, no. We saw it theater side and our big summer gossip was when Missed Out Fire. I hear they were already working on Missed Out Fire 2. And I hear that's when Sally Field and Robin Williams rekindle the marriage. It's like we're third grade kids talking about like rekindling a divorced marriage. It's so stupid. Everybody, welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. The the B Squad here. It's just uh, me, Casey, and I'm HD, and I'm here to say I don't have anything else. We're gonna watch Night Court in the baddest way. <laughs> so, are we having a good? Wait, 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 wait. Did you introduce the Jerk Practice Podcast, and now we're into having a good Night Court? No, I just I it rhymed for. I had a nice rhyme going. Oh, all right, that works. I thought I'd, I thought I'd carry it over just to give him a little hint, a little preview, a little teaser. All right, so it is a. <laughs> I don't know what platform we're on. It doesn't matter, but it does kind of. We are currently talking because we are currently. We just interrupted Henning and Allison for some hot nonsense. Stuff it. 
These Stop guys, it, nerds. I can't. I couldn't take any more of that Drake equation. I I think that was episode two. We didn't get to Drake equation in the one I listened to. Oh, episode thirty nine is rife with Drake equation equation. Like a like a Sunday morning church biscuit. <laughs> that baby is a gospel according to H bomb, and it Let's- is in depth. Wet, juicy farts and boners, then, to cleanse your palate yeah, for yeah. your return to- This is a nice little break from that. I, for, I forget what's going on. I, uh, Yeah, I don't know. But Not to make fun of those guys. It was really funny and fun to listen to, but I was like, man, when I'm not there, they talk about, like, words and shit. <laughs> I'm, and I'm sitting right in the middle of them trying to um, derail that train as best I can, trying to be that uh, Warholian anarchist. Oh my God! That's the it's it's you got Henning. That's what Henning has to go through. Oh yeah, I got. It's like it's like taking Howard Stern out of his comfort zone and putting him on uh, fresh air. Yeah, it's uh, Freaky Friday. He's got to mind his p's and q's. He can't be talking about throwing ping pong balls and hookers' butt cracks. <laughs> like you got to keep that stuff PC. Oh yeah, PG. Oh yeah, that was a lot of fun though. I I I I I don't know what we're interrupting, but I know I enjoyed it, and I know I learned a lot. Like a classic Black Bundy, here we come. Bundied. How was your night last night? Uh, fine. Did were you, you have, watching me? Did you have a good night? <laughs> I had a very good night. I did. Yeah, I had a good night. Court. Have a good night, Court. We spec we speculated about it. We talked about it. We said we were gonna do something about it. And now we're rambling right into it. Right into it. Like Keyword on ramble. This is the preeminent like night court podcast. Welcome. The to have a good night court. Welcome to have a good night court. What character do you want to be? Bull or Selma? I think that's the actress's name. No. Oh yeah, that's she she was great. In her little, she got the intro fucking gag. No, she, in in episode one? Oh, yeah. I don't know if you watched the appropriate episode. I watch, you you don't see her, the first time you see her is in the intro. Oh, in the credits. And she, yeah, the opening credits, because the cold open is them, like, waiting on the judge. Oh, yeah, they are. That judge wears jeans. He does, and cool sweatshirts. Oh yeah, uh, I guess should we should we talk about Night Court before we go into the episode? Oh, absolutely! I was even thinking about taking it one step further and giving a little background on why we would even do it's 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 not serious, but it is. Why would we even spend our time talking about a sitcom, uh, any sitcom, particularly Night Court? Yeah, and I was thinking about it, and as jokingly, jokingly. As um, uh, comical or seemingly um, antiquated as it is, sitcoms, especially sitcoms in the 80s, is like, that's the predominant, what would you say? That's the predominant form of entertainment throughout the 80s, is yeah. the sitcom. The, mo- the most consumed form of media, I would say. Without a doubt, prior to the internet and everything like that, like this is what people talked about. The yeah. episodes, and uh, this is what I talked about, I guess. 
Uh, and I don't think we're alone. As you've, we can see in a number of uh, different podcasts and, and platforms out there that are talking about uh, sitcoms and their love of sitcoms. Well, when do you think what like what ruined sitcoms for people? Like, because when we were in middle school, high school, like sitcoms were extremely passe and it was a joke. Like as a young adult, I was like, oh, yeah. Most sitcoms were terrible, which is not the case going right. back and looking like Frasier, Golden Girls. Like these are legit, really funny, well-scripted shows. Right. There was a there was a trend. Uh, uh, or I is guess that just like. It, no, no, no. You're absolutely right. There was a trend in like the t- 2000s or at least like there was a shift where it was like. I don't know if it was like an MTV shift or like an apathy shift where like the situation comedy was garbage. And a lot of it is. And I think there's a big, there's a lot of responsibility you should put on the shoulders of people that saw sitcoms as a, uh, as more of an algorithm than an art form. So they saw what uh-huh. was successful and didn't look at the real reasons like, good writing or um, good editing or competent bits or crazy premises uh, or crazy broad premises that didn't just hold themselves onto one episode and then just tried to pump it out. That's why you get things like it's true, I guess, because we've talked about on the last few podcasts, some extremely and I feel like we're getting kind of back in that territory where the powers that be are desperately trying to destroy not necessarily the sitcom anymore, but like s- network television, because we had talked about like the Clerks show and the Bill and Ted show. Those shows are offensively bad, right? Yes, whether yes. you like the source material or not. Let's say you go in just clean, you'd be like, "Why are you making me watch this?" Like you would be, I you would be mad at me if I was like, "Hans, you have to watch this." Right. So let's take the clerk sitcom, for example, uh, preface it as always with how much uh, of a fan and how much I love Kevin Smith. I kind of think the clerk sitcom is a fever dream because I keep wanting to hear. I listen to his podcast all the time. I listen to him speak all the time. I keep wanting yeah. to hear him mention its existence. And I just recently heard him. He has a podcast uh, on Frasier. All right, bring it back on his uh, yeah yeah uh, uh, talk salad and scrambled eggs. His podcast with uh, Matt Myra, um, and he mentions he directs a couple episodes of Getting Back to Sitcoms, a great sitcom that's on the air right now, The Goldbergs. Are you familiar with it at all? I know of it. I've never seen an episode. It's quite. Good. I recommend it. I it's, think you'll an, really it, dig it's it. It's set in the 80s, right? Like yep. that's the aesthetic is a a young kid in the 80s or something. Really broad like and and yeah. so Patton Oswald is the narrator. He plays Adam Gold. He's just the narrator all of Wonder Years and he introduces each episode. The year was 1980 something. And then they introduce mm-hmm. the premise. The year was 1980-something, and Back to the Future was huge. So you know which section you're in the 80s, right? Gotcha. So, so okay. uh, uh, it, it's very, very good. And uh, why was I getting Oh, and Kevin Smith apparently directs two episodes, right? Yeah. Uh, and he explained on, that this was his first time in the foray of television. 
And in my head, I'm going, how is this possible that you had a sitcom named after your uh, opus and it's yeah. never mentioned? I know. I mean, I, I get it because it's so, so bad. But is it possible that Kevin Smith uh, had so little rights to his film that he yeah. literally had zero say in it? That's exactly what it is, I think. Oh, our, I mean, all I right. I don't know. I don't. He may have mentioned it uh, in his book that talk tough shit or talk shit. I read that. I I, I guess it could and I could have um, glanced over it, but yeah. Uh, me, I, that's what I think because I I recall hearing him mention sort of that era. Like I literally think like to get Clerks distributed and to get Mallrats made. He just like I think like you know he talks about that producer friend of his Jim Jacks like yeah I think that was just solely a studio thing I think that's when that happened when it was under the tent of like your your indie movie like they couldn't they don't have the long view of like it will just be this cult classic like, right it's still in that time where it's like if something's a cult classic it doesn't mean it has long you know. People haven't found a way to, like, make money off of that. Sure. They do, but, like, the cult of the cult classic. Because I, I think he was just like, if you want to make real money, we got to make this a TV show, a sitcom. Sure. So I, I think it was made without his say. I mean, I it was certainly... input. And this isn't... Well, I don't think we're Kevin Smith, ba- Smith bashing, because I wouldn't do that. But this also isn't the Kevin Smith podcast, but he... Puts out so much material, there will we eventually should, we, be one. We we should do one because he'd be on it. <laughs> I I don't. Uh, well, I would love. I'd love to to meet him and talk to him about all the shit he's done, including this. Um, oh, uh, how was I getting to that? Uh, and it's not the Bash Jim Brewer podcast, but no, Jim Brewer has he been attached to? Oh, you know what? I was gonna say, has Jim Brewer been attached to anything that's? Uh, uh, been well received, and he was. Although I don't know if it was well received, he was in Half Baked, and that was a that was yeah. a pr- that was a movie that uh, didn't get. Uh, um, I don't think it did well, but it's a now. I a would cult say it's classic. a cult classic. I do not like it at all. Yeah, can you? I real quick, and then we'll get back to having our night court. I uh, I just Session. do. It's one of those movies like, and I work at a movie theater now, and they've uh, been sh- they showed Donnie Darko, which is another movie people love that I cannot stand. I can I'm on board with that. It's not my cup of tea. Um, but I feel like I, I get I dislike I start to dislike things more when I have to be defensive about my opinion. Of course, like I just I have seen these movies. I don't care for them. But the moment you try and make me look like an idiot for not liking it is the moment it turns into, like, vitriolic hatred of a movie, which I don't really have. It's just, if you want to be combative about it, I'll be combative about it with you. Yeah, Noah, when, in talking about art in general, it's always good to have a discussion on, uh, like, the aspects of it, but it, it tends to be very cut-and-dry, broad question and responses which does nobody any good say get out i haven't seen get out but let's just say get out yeah everybody seems to love it i've talked to so i see it somebody comes up uh would you have you seen get out yeah yeah i saw Uh it what'd you think of it Eh, i didn't like it no way it's great and it's like but that Mm -hmm. doesn't do us any good 
No, SNL did that really great sketch a few months ago. La La Land? Uh, the La La Land police sketch. Yeah, that's right. Which I can uh, definitely attest to. Like, that's what people thought of. Like, working in a movie theater, like, people just love that movie. Which is fine. You you can love it. But I didn't hear anybody speak up about how they didn't care for it. Sure. I just think it's just like, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear no guff. I guess when I was, I guess I was, pro- I'm sure, no, no guess, I'm sure I was more judgmental one of films when I was younger. Like when we say Donnie Darko, like I'm just not a, it doesn't do it for me, but I could give a shit. Obviously no. it it certainly, there's a, a huge swath that loves it, but I also definitely don't give a shit about what other people like, whereas whether yeah. I was uh, vocal about it or not, and I was probably vocal, like if somebody said something like, Goonies was terrible. I'd be like, "Why? Like, what? What's oh, wrong? Yeah, course, you don't love yeah. fun? Like, you don't? It's like the same thing. It's it's well, it's not the same. I was gonna say it's similar to somebody saying like, comic books are for nerds, which people don't say anymore because the culture has yeah. totally shifted. But it, let's just say, it's somebody saying comic books are for little kids, right? Right. And yeah, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure, in certain circles, that's still that is still ignorantly said. Because they sure. don't know anything about it, um, but uh, oh, I, I totally lost my train of thought there. But uh, um, no, but I I agree with what you, I think you were getting at earlier. Like you do you do that shit when you're younger because you that's what defines you because you're not passion, a, a yeah. fully formed person yet. So yeah. what you are is this cobbled collection of likes and dislikes. So if someone dislikes something you like. It is an attack on you, the fiber, the fabric of who you are at that moment. That's a because great you point. Haven't, you haven't went out and made anything or done anything like or had a job or. I feel like if you go out and create something, you don't have to. It doesn't invalidate your opinion if you don't. But like that process makes you more appreciative. Yes. Of just anything. Like I am that person now. Like I there I'll see movies or read comics or something I don't like, but I appreciate the choice. Like if, if the show made a choice, it's not, it didn't pan out for them. Like I get it. I was like, but you tried. Let's go to the, the biggest, I think the most easily um, graspable, graspable, the the easiest concept being sketch comedians is bashing Saturday night live. Right. When sure. you're when you're yeah, on a yeah. I guess it's when we're on a stage and we totally tank with an idea we worked so hard on and it's happened innumerous times how can yeah. you then go watch an episode of SNL and and, ba- and and you know what I'm really conflicted even as I say this because of the resources that are available and all of this but at the same time Nobody, I, I forget who said it, and it, and again, it might even come full circle to Kevin Smith. Nobody sets out to make bad art. You can see in the in the process, like you can tell when a movie's just a straight up piece of crap money grab. Yeah, I was gonna say there's that caveat for sure. The like, like the the Italian shark money grab. Like I I recently watched. Uh, Ashley'd fallen asleep, and I'd heard it was bad. I knew I wasn't going to like it. It was the last X-Men movie. Was it Logan? I heard that was good. 
That I heard was good. This was a uh, X Men Age of Apocalypse or some shit. X Men Apocalypse. That they they spent like a billion dollars on that. I remember like that was all that was advertised in Manhattan what, over the. And that's what made me mad. Like, yeah, I I have a connection to those characters, so when they're done poorly, of course I'll have a reaction. Like, eh, you didn't really do the characters justice, but it's not fair because there's sixty five years of X Men stories. Sure, and yeah. To distill that down and. But what really pissed me off was I I was how much money was spent on this movie and it feels really low budget. It feels like an episode of Doctor Who. It, and what can you elaborate on that? Like for a special effects kind of situation? Just everything despite the the scope they're trying to make. It's this character called the Apocalypse and he's literally going to destroy the world. Sure. Yeah. Like the entire world. He's going to wipe everybody out. The strongest will survive. That's his catchphrase. So the stakes are huge. Yeah. Maybe I'm just burnt out on the stakes being like, oh, it's the end of the world again. Right. That's really. <laughs> but those yeah. are the stakes. There are three to four CG set pieces that show this like New York City coming apart, like Cairo turning to dust. And then it gets to really small. And it's you can tell it's a soundstage, like three levels of stuff, and they're just like running and jumping off of that. Yeah, no, no. Um, what do you call it? It's all digital effects versus uh, uh, not tangible effects. What's that called? There's a just uh, practical, practical effects. Thank you. Not uh, so. You know, at the end of the day, it was just me. I was like, I, I, I will fully admit, I do not like Brian Singer's style of directing. He's still directing he, X Men, huh? He does that a lot. Right. Like, he has these super close up scenes feel like the set of a cheap TV show. Sure. Why? And then he'll go like, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I, I was watching it and I was like, I again, it was me doing the old speculate like we do. I was like. That motherfucker, someone's skimming off the top. Oh, yeah, sure. Because, like, $500 million got spent on this movie, and you do not see that money on the screen. Yeah, that's interesting when you think about that. And then I've heard uh, people involved, like directors and producers, and 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 they, they make these huge movies with these huge budgets, yeah. and then some of them that are successful – that have these literally like billion dollar windfalls, mm-hmm. then the studio literally will mark off that project as a um, like a write off, like bankruptcy. Like they didn't make any money. It's really, really like lawyery, connivy kind of shit. Like it's it's straight up producer shit somewhere in there. No, and that's like there's, there were seven screenwriters. There's probably twelve producers. It was just a giant clunky mess of a thing. Yeah. And that, it's just, I was like, uh. so, so I, I, yeah, so I guess long story short, dislike the movie, like won't, wouldn't like belittle anybody for going, like, I really liked X, like, cool. It spoke to you somewhere. You're like, yeah, Ugh. right, right. At least you encountered some form of art, whether it be like, I don't know, like you saw something in it. Great. It was worth the twelve dollars for you. Yeah, I I saw the same. I saw a movie, not the same movie. I saw a movie last night. A, a 
a movie called Chapter 27 starring Jared Leto where he played Mark David Chapman. Uh, oh, he gained all that weight for the he part. He gained right? a lot of weight for it and that movie should have been called Jared Leto gained a lot of weight. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it just didn't do it. It just didn't do it for me, but uh I mean, Jared Leto is a great actor and he makes really mm-hmm. good acting choices. This was a very deliberately large version of Mark David Chapman from what I've seen. It was yeah. uh less subtle than uh what i I don't know it just again it didn't do anything for me not uh it obviously had a big budget and you don't see oh i'm not a big budget but for that you just don't see like that that scope of movie happening much anymore that's either not completely independent Mm. quote in quotes or yeah. a billion dollar budget. Like that medium film has been like sure. the romantic like the comedy. Like the filmed yeah. comedy, they don't get made anymore. You don't get the man no. with one red shoe anymore. You get no. Ghostbusters because they know that it's either go big or go home. <laughs> Sucks. Go big or go very, very small. Because if you try and middle that market, it it's like um yeah. it just has potential for financial disaster. No, and it's like if you think of, if it's a major studio, they're gonna spend X amount of money on the advertising in the media yeah. buy-ins. And that price is the same for Ghostbusters as it would be for Man with One Red Shoe. <laughs> right. You know, like, so they're like, I'm not going to sell Tom Hanks toys. They should. We should make Man with One Red Shoe figures because there's a market out there. I have never seen the Man with One Red Shoe. Is it good? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? I think it's It's fun. It's like Tom Hanks sort of action-y spy. It's one of those where he's mistaken for a a spy. So there's a little political intrigue, a little sexy. Is there a different movie where... uh, I think I keep getting mixed up with a different movie where a guy gives another guy one red shoe and says, when we meet again, these shoes will be a pair. And it's like a life or death struggle thing. That's I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I, I don't. Rec- yeah, that's on the Meg is out of town. I just got a message. She's flying to South Carolina to do some some uh, business stuff. So. While Meg is away, the red shoe will play. Yeah, you're getting your red shoe out to Maybe. go find the others. I'm excited. God, we're back. It's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> back to Doubtfire? We're, it back has from, been a long time. I'm back at the mic? Well, you think that'll be remade in our lifetime? Yes. Mrs. Doubtfire? For sure. Why? Mm. Chris Tucker? Because... Yeah, because everything's got to be remade. How well, many times have you said why well, to a trailer? Well... Nobody's and making I was Winter Passion say, Rules, the Joanna Lindsay number three, but, but Miss Dalfire is coming out any day now. Joanna Lindsay's books are all the same. Well, she'll it's sequelize that to. She could sequelize that. Actually, I'm not sure that the there aren't. Time, I'm not sure that there aren't romance novels that carry on through generations. I don't make me research this. <laughs> uh, no, watch Miss Dalfire instead. <laughs> That's rather... a good. It's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Is it a good movie? Oh, it was a run by fruiting. Yeah, that's a funny line. Yeah, you little cream and sugar there now. <laughs> See? I just I like just... to watch you guys laugh. Um, you're so cute. Let's see. Hello. Let's see. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> 
It's a little, Bundy. Did I already haunty. give you guys my Bundy? Yeah, last week I told you the Bundy. You put lyrics. a little haunty on that. I could throw a little. Oh yeah, I can't. I'm either haunty or <laughs> jaunty or flaunty. Rye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got a birthday coming up. You uh, your I birthday do. passed. Um, How was it? the miracles of time, we are, you're supposed to, am I allowed to say when we're recording or is time relative? We're recording on Sunday Hans the 26th. I already broke the fourth wall, so okay. that's cool. Fine. We're recording on Sunday the 26th. My birthday is Tuesday the 28th. Well, I well, wonder when. You got really detailed right there though. Oh, sorry. Can, can, you, can you go back that to out. a point <laughs> and actually find like the first time they ever said this is This time? is your birthday? This is, oh God. This is when time exists. This, this is, is when time began. Not time, time immortal. Not time memorial. Immemorial. Immemorial. <laughs> Not time immemorial. But the first time somebody was like, oh, really fucked with our lives and went, we, we need to divide this up. I want to make hours. sure everybody stresses out for the rest of eternity. So okay. you have to be here at noon or uh, 11 or 10. That's a good question. But that varies, right? Yep. Time doesn't vary. Calendars vary. Yes. Time negative. Well, the sun comes the up, the, yeah, the sun and the moon are out there doing their thing, right. no matter what we do. The story but, yeah. is when when trains started running. That's, that's what I was just going to say. Cornelius Vanderbilt, baby. Then suddenly people had to know what time it is right. down to at least five minutes or right. ten minutes. Is that why you always see a train on pocket watches? Before then, no one really cared what Yeah, and, and especially what it is down to when the trains... The they could yeah. look at the sun, whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're, look we're at farming. the position of the sun and are you hungry? Oh, it's dinner time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys ever know that crazy Bladder Joe or whoever we were talking about? <laughs> bladder Stew. Bladder Stew. <laughs> the kid Stew. who was like, like for whatever reason, was the weird forest kid, even though there wasn't enough forest around. He'd be like, yeah. you need to know what time it is? Oh, I'll just look at the sun, man. You'd be uh, like, you're way off. You're always yeah. way <laughs> off. <laughs> he did, I had my, my buddy Joey, Joey Creasy would always do that. I would always pull that. Like, eh, it's about 3.30. It's 1.00. <laughs> actually that's not so enough. bad off yeah no yeah but um you were in episode 37 it was around your birthday oh and yeah you Sorry, were talking man. about you were talking about birthdays not being eh, you know it's fine i got happy birthday bro on facebook and a cool picture of an eagle from my folks and that's all i should get and that really nice picture of you and meg at the beach you didn't mention that um trusted and you said this is this is this is fine. This is all I want. And I, I was thinking about that because when I was was here before on on the, the jerk practice, it was close to Valentine's Day, and we were talking about Valentine's Day, and you guys were all like, oh, "You're being man. You're like, oh, we don't need a special day to show love. You should be showing your loved ones you love them every day." I don't think that's a stereotypical mm -hmm. man thing. Yes, it is. I think they just say we don't need a day. They don't say it should be every day. We don't care what day it is yeah, or what time it is. Lovers, yeah, yeah. look Not at the haters. sun. I can oh. tell by the declination and ascension of it. That it's that uh, you should be telling your loved ones you love is. them. Declination, declination of independence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, decline. Decline exactly. That's a new, uh, yeah. without a doubt. That's a new one for my repertoire. I like declination a lot. All right, go for it. Just don't don't confuse it with defenestration, and you'll be all right. Throwing out a window. Very good. So, um, and I was on Prague. Go ahead. <laughs> I was on the other side of the table saying, sure, sure, sure. You should make sure your loved ones know you love them every day. Blah blah blah. But it's nice to have a day that's specially set aside 
for expressions of love. And I feel the same way about birthdays. Sure, your special folks should be special to you all the time, and you should be sure they know that. But why the hell shouldn't I have one day that is about me? Because you already get Valentine's Day. You already called one. You can't have both. I, I don't get Valentine's Day. We've been over this. I have. it. You've seen the post. You've seen me post the messages I get on OkCupid. There is no Valentine's Day. Are you on OkCupid? Did do I miss th- those posts? Yeah. No, you commented on one of them recently. Which one? Oh, that was from OkCupid? Yes. Ah, see. I could, I, yeah. Words are numbers to me. Future segment. But <laughs> I like that. Uh, just that one platform, or are we on multiple? Do Am you, I blowing up the spot? Do, are you on J-Date? No. Christian Mingle? No. <laughs> no. What Ashley Mann? No, oh God. <laughs> you trying to you trying to pimp me out? Plenty of fish? Get on there and read some. You'll get some <laughs> oh, clips. great. Swipe Lindsay but, left. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna Wright. That didn't have anything. Oh. When passion writes. Yes, but right. I I like birthdays. I think I think it's I think you should take the opportunity to make a fuss over yourself. Mm, that, but that person who's like, "It's my birthday." That's look me in the eye, dude. This is me. You say I. Do you I, take the whole week? We're partying now, aren't we? Did you or did you not present me with a very delicious cake? I did. Yes. No, but that's us fussing over you. You're yeah. not allowed to fuss over yourself. Well, a little. Well, a little. Is that I, true? I, I'm sounding like a coming off wrong here. Yeah, man. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of buying myself gifts. Me too. Because. Sure. Hmm? Do you wait till your birthday to do it? If you want it, just buy it. You say because oh, it's, it's my birthday. It doesn't is, have to be on the day. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I do that. Yeah, I, did you get a new ring? I did. I bought the, this ring for my birthday. It's very nice. It's a very large bloodstone, it's which is a March. Opal, birth, no, it's a bloodstone. Stop <laughs> Just that. Kidding. And at the oh, cool. at the flea market yesterday, I bought myself a bracelet, and I'm gonna probably bake myself a cake because I like cake. You can take the rest of that cake home. Oh, otherwise I'm gonna that. eat it. Well, no, you should eat it then. No, nice um, ring. You know, you can. It's like it's like the king of Siam with that well, ring over there. Hell yes, and I deserve that shit. Um. <laughs> And I wait, Siam spicy. It's, yeah, it's a tiny bit. It is right. Yeah, Siamese. You don't say Siam was formerly Siam Taiwan. Siam is now Thailand. 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 Taiwan. But, but Thailand. Si- I mean, let's <laughs> Siamese, be honest here. Yeah, really. Siamese cats are still Siamese cats. Are they? Yes, oh, they're not Thai cats. They're Siamese cats. It's a Thai restaurant, but a Siamese cat. But the twins Siamese are now, cats. and the twins are now conjoined. Yes, conjoined, not Siamese. That is correct. Huh, interesting uh, enough. And do you know why they Chang were called... Chang and Wang. Chang, no, Chang and Eng. Chang and Eng. <laughs> Again, those are pretty close. <laughs> They're, they have an, a fascinating story. Yes, that is true. Holy shit. So I am am very um, touched and pleased when anybody says happy birthday to me on Facebook. You were You were slightly... Maybe just on the edge of like, oh, shucks, don't bother. Why do people do that? No, no. I believe I'm being misquoted here. Mischaracterized? Misrepresented? Sure. One, two, three. Trifecta of miss. (laughs) Miss try. Uh, Misfire. Um, No, I said. Miss Doubtfire. Yeah, I doubt. Uh, um, No, I said that's, that's fine. And people, you, it is a time you should comment and mm-hmm. say best wishes. Yeah. But as the birth Darian, you should not 
uh, be offended if all you get is, hey, pal, happy birthday, oh. or happy birthday there, pal. No, 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 that's fine. That's what I, I mean, was saying. Yeah, okay. Because I was just thinking that, that... Because you'll be offended nonstop all day. Because yeah. that's all you get all day. Yeah, and well, I'm I'm happy to get those things. Um, right. And I... I eh. am, what? I just, I'd just rather not myself. You'd rather not I'd... what? You don't want to get happy birthday hands? Does it feel forced? Same? Does it feel pro forma? It does. Yeah. Would you do it if it didn't come up the first thing when you hit your Facebook page? It's well, there there's some Joanna Lindsay's birthday today. <laughs> there's some Say people's hello. birthdays that I remember. Yes. Um, and some that I would not know until it popped up on my Facebook. You still say happy birthday when it pops up. Because why not? Yeah, That's like, exactly. Why not? Somebody has taken a, you know, a little bit of time out of their day to wish me a happy birthday. And, um, you know. What if you knew they had it control seed and were just. They're tricking you on your birthday? <laughs> oh, they have it linked up. A happy birthday copy paste? queued up. What if they used the same happy birthday they wished someone else and highlighted it, control C, and just pasted it into your Facebook? I, I wouldn't, I would have no way of knowing that. <laughs> That's a great idea. Full document, like the same way, like if you're a company, you send out to like uh, an upset consumer, dear, oh. insert a AQB, <laughs> happy birthday from the corporation of mm -hmm. Dr. Toilet, da -da 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 -da. Oh. best wishes. Sincerely, fake signature. Boom. I'm gonna. I'll get one of those from OKCupid. They will send me a happy birthday email. Yeah. Happy well, birthday, you old bat! Another year on this site. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. No, I, I I appreciate. I'm on J date. Literally, I told you that, right? Somebody signed me up. I still don't know who, so I still get updates oh with who God. I'm. I I can't log into my profile because I don't have the code. You didn't build it. I didn't build it. I guess I could always find it because it's hooked to my email, but I haven't taken the step that far because it gives me enough juice in my email that just says... Enough juice in your email? I said ju <laughs> juice. Juice. <laughs> but yes, plenty of juice, juice in my email every morning. It's, that's my happy birthday. Every day is my birthday. It's my... Jews uh, in your mail. mitzvah. Jews in your inbox. Uh, so to speak. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so, but so I'm always, and, but I'm obviously my profile. Well, I'm one of two things in the profile, either categorized as, um, do you say gay? Is that not? No, you can say that. Either gay or, or a woman because all my compatibles are 50 year old men from Pennsylvania. <laughs> are, wait God damn a minute. It, it's the same fucking. <laughs> you and me are sharing. Yeah. We're sharing, sharing boys. Yeah. These guys are Except the treats. I'll tell you that. But Bookbytes cover, I don't know much about them, but they all, I must have a type in my profile because they're paunchy and they're <laughs> missing the hair up top. They better have a good set of chest hair if they want this golden girl. I'll just tell you that because these guys are lacking everywhere on the outside of the shirt. Um, holy shit. Have a good night, Court. <laughs> Uh, can the audience, is this what the audience can expect? I uh, know. I think we're, we're, cause we kind of talked about it before. We don't know how or when to officially start the podcast. Right. We're warming in baby. We're warming so in. We're Stay of, with as us. As we always do are tiptoeing around the subject of like the hard start of how hey, should we begin? No, there's no, there's no need to say how should we begin? We've begun. We're talking television. We're talking movies. We started this 
we ended up on a tangent as we we mm-hmm. go, but I can yeah. uh, I will say um, you and I have both done research. We we're going the yeah. the name of the game, the name of the podcast, the name of the night court is we're going episode by episode. Uh, yeah. breaking it down within each episode, we'll try and illuminate you on a various actor or a character or the creator or the theme song or, yeah. uh, the way, uh, like we were starting the way television was portrayed at the time or the way New York was at the time. What was happening yeah. when the first episode came out in 1984? What was the, what was the world it was birthed into? It yeah. won't be necessarily so eloquent. There will be tangents, but we do yeah. promise if you follow us. And watch these episodes per episode. We will hit a lot of points that you, as a, a Night Court fan or burgeoning fan, will hit yeah. upon as well. And I will open platforms so we can open up discussion on um, things we might have missed, things we might have liked. To be honest, yeah. this isn't a critical podcast. I hadn't watched... We discussed Night Court, so um, uh, where I live in New York... Uh, I just have rabbit ears. I don't have cable. And uh, again, this is me holding on to my sitcom mentality. There's no oh, totally, reason yeah. for a television with rabbit ears to ever be turned on uh, without like your um, system on, right? Because you have Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, you know, all these other uh, avenues with all this amazing uh, programming, artistic, with money behind it. But yeah. I'm so attuned to what how i grew up and television that i have rabbit ears with say like 15 channels the majors i think are abc cbs nbc and fox and then uh-huh. new york offers me and then the octogenarians a channel that just shows murder mysteries a channel oh, called yeah. laugh that just shows comedy and mm. by comedy i mean they they show on a loop Ellen, her sitcom, I think it was the Ellen show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. With Jeremy uh, Piven, right? With Jeremy Piven, uh, which is a fine show. Uh, I, 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 Again, it's interesting when I see a show like that or a show like, I don't know if you remember a show called Grace Under Fire. Oh, yeah, of course. Not show, I couldn't pick out what, <laughs> I was going to say, I couldn't pick out one episode, but I can tell you this for Years of my life, I watched it on a weekly basis. And yeah, I say that here. I say that I couldn't pick out one episode, but I could pick up one episode where one little kid called another little kid an N-word. Because uh, I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's, that's a, a good- spicy sitcom. And then, the, and then he shaved his head to be a skinhead. It was very racial, uh, Brett yeah. Butler. Anyway, so, uh, and that's, that's very interesting with a lot of these sitcoms and the way our generation grew up as well, because, yes, Cable was expanding but yeah we were still very much connected to weekly programming and my yeah. nights and the way I, and I, I mean it's just like it's not sexy to admit how much tv you watch but i'm done uh i'm done trying to hide it or act oh uh, yeah act more cultured or intelligent than i am no i i was gonna say i feel like you and i are the are bill murray from scrooged like right. when he goes back to see his self as a kid and it's just him watching television. Like I remember as a kid watching that, I identified with Bill Murray's character immediately. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, oh, you know, Jim Jeffries was in Scrooged <laughs> sidebar. Um, no, I didn't. Yeah. No, not Jim Jeffries. Excuse me. Jeffrey Joseph. 
No, what? I think he might be the little kid. Because <laughs> uh, Henning and I, I think we talk about this this episode or the last episode. There's a there's a great comedian, and Henning and I saw him. We hadn't seen him in years, and he did a a stand up set, and I was like, oh yeah, cool. Obviously, he's great, but his um. His credit, you know, when you bring somebody up on stage, it was our friend Eric Bergstrom's show, who soon will do the podcast, probably do a night court. Um, he brought him up. You bring you bring up your comedian with a credit, right? Uh, late, he yeah. did late night. I said, uh, and Jeffrey Joseph was. You might know him from In Living Color, and I went the fucking bullshit. I I know everybody from In Living Color, so I think he was like an extra on In Living Color. But I Amazing. would do this if I would do the same thing. I'd say bring me up to fucking In Living Color, even if I was in a live taping of it. But oh, um, totally, they saw me in the crowd doing the Arsenio. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Holy Speaking shit. of how much we are, uh, such TV addicts when we first moved to New York. It was me, you, and Timmy, and because we were super poor, but Timmy started making money, yeah. he got the full-on raw dog, big kahuna cable package. I'm going to have to correct you there. That was me. Well, that was you. I was poor. <laughs> the, the Addict is the key word in more ways than one for me. Although, I'm going to take addict out of television viewing because I don't want it to be negative. I was saying before, I, I listened to... um. Because there's this idea that if you watch all this TV, you're somehow less than. And I disagree. Your brain, huh? Yeah, I I completely disagree. I think you can have a totally balanced life and stay up all night and watch TV. I listened to a great podcast with Lorraine Newman from Saturday Night Live. This woman Uh has uh, had um, a great career. Uh, and as I say that now might've been inhibited by too much television watching. She was in problem. (laughs) She was in problem child too, right? The wife, uh, the redhead. N- no, that wasn't. Uh, that was John Ritter's future wife. Y- yeah, well, the which they don't end up getting married because he doesn't like her. She's evil, isn't that Lorraine Newman? I don't think so. Oh, uh, doesn't matter. Anyways, Lorraine Newman was on a podcast, might have been Nerdist or something, and she just, they were like, "So, what do you like to do?" They said that, and keep in mind, Lorraine Newman, she's famous. She has all the connections yeah. in the world. She's iconic. She just said, I just like to, f- I watch TV. And then she said something like, I watch like nine hours of TV a day. And it's like, good for you. I mean, maybe yeah, that's a little excessive, it. but probably yeah. not. I just think she's just one of the few people I've heard just admit it. Think about it. You yeah. sit down in front of Netflix, you start watching a show, and then maybe you've watched a movie throughout the day. There's your nine hours. It's like not, Easily. it's just not hard to get it. And then put, put how many, an hour or so online when you're viewing this or that. I mean, it's, uh, oh, it's no it's different, right but we're talking about a time when like all you had was cable television. Exactly. Like I, my parents were super cool. Like they were cool. Like they were like, obviously, you know, go to bed at some point. But I remember being in like third grade and we got a new TV for the family. So we had this extra giant clunky, huge eighties television and they let me put it in my bedroom. Right. I had a TV in my room, and I was like, yeah, player. I had one and of those And all it meant well. was I stayed up late and watched, like, 
E. Howard Stern or like whatever sitcom was playing at that time. Like, oh yeah, oh I was gonna. So you had you had the TV in the bedroom with the cable. I had the TV in the bedroom sans cable. So my viewing and well my shift to VHSs happened right around what was it one a.m. when the uh, when the old stars stars and bowers the Star Spangled came on. Probably yeah they didn't because that was the beginning of the late night. Because there was only a few channels that would play through the night, and it was like Comedy Central, Sci-Fi Network, like all the new newer cable stations, like the local yokels, like would play the, you know, infomercials and shit, or they would shut off. Right. Oh god, day. nothing more depressing than seeing, uh, seeing that Star, Star Spangled, Spangled Banner. Can you give me one second, pin it? I'll be right back. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry. Did you leave a tasty treat for me? I did. You actually reminded me of something. Sorry. Uh, uh, you said you said what the fuck in that tone, and I, all I could because Easter is around the corner. Sure is. You may have to put on the blog. Uh, our friend, our fellow Milwaukee comedian. We may have to put those sets up. Uh, that that comed- the last comedian of that like six hour bark, bark, open bark. mic show that yeah who had the the story of Easter. I'll make a note of that. Absolutely, I will. Uh, I know that was a lot of talk for a little payoff for nobody. That no, 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 it's good, it's good. Sorry, uh, my uh, friend to the podcast and fiance to me, she's flying out. I just wanted to give her a uh, a high and bye before her plane took off. The only thing that's not relative is location, directions, north, south, east, west. The speed of light. Oh. Hold on. The speed of light. Oh, yes, it is relative because it only Sorry, goes forward t- and not backwards. <laughs> Sorry to tangentialize here. Speed just, of light cannot go backwards. Just calling back. Correct to uh, to the LIGO episode. Um, so the speed of light speed is of light only relative to where we back. are right now. The light that is hitting us from, granted, a trillion mm-hmm. light years away. Or wait, how long does it take light to travel? Well, from this light bulb, y- yato seconds. But Yado seconds? from a star 1.3 million light years away, 1.3 million years. But that light is only relative to us because people outside aren't experienced that light um, mm. year. <laughs> <laughs> light speed. Uh, They're experiencing a different light speed. The idea is no matter if this light bulb was traveling at close to the speed of light away from us, the light would get to us in the same amount of time uh, as if it was not moving. I, I, I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing on that either. I got nothing. What about speed Dude, of sound? That is relative because it's moving in a... Well, it's not light. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> everything that sounds except, real convenient yeah, all of a sudden. It's a little bit glib. It's, yeah, in, a, but... it's in a medium. It's waves in a physical medium air hmm i still don't know what electricity is and light can be thought of as waves in a light and gravity and prismic can be thought of as waves in a a non-physical non-relative medium called space-time is there such a thing called a light wave yeah same thing as light speed but also light particles oh jeez so that therein lies the <laughs> the <laughs> craziness of quantum dynamics and, and you've particle tried wave to duality. explain this to me more than once 
quantum physically. I don't have it. Do you think there is going to be a time when the human evolves? Because right now we have all these waves coming around us, right? Yeah. Cell phone waves, microwaves, light mm. waves. And they're all light, technically. They're all electromagnetic waves. And they're all different and They're all moving at the speed of light. And they're all around us at every time. Yeah. And they're here. Even though I'm going like swinging around, I'm hitting them, batting them around. Some of us move through us like microwaves, radio waves. Right. Some of us bounce off us like, wait, what? Light waves and hit another person's eye and we see. At one point, we'll be able to not only see them, but control them. Well, we make a, we can turn a light switch on and off. Is it what, what do you mean by control them? Like. Like bend them. Yes. To our will with a black hole that we also control. We need to well, control a lot of. deep, I guess. But yeah. I was thinking more just like. But I guess you do. Like, if I want to control a light wave, I just put my hand over my face. Hey, controlled. Mm. Push, Handy. push it away. Give Easy. it the old slap. Take that, Einstein. <laughs> you dealt with a lot of light stuff? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Oh, who was that? Edison? What, I, I did? Or no. Einstein uh, did. Einstein. Light. Yeah, light? He invented the concept that... He invented light speed? That, <laughs> that light is not relative. The speed of light is constant. That's the theory of relativity. And time and space, contrary to our previous beliefs, are the things that bend to accommodate the speed of light. They are relative. Oh, fucking Damn. guy. He's one of the. He's like, so. Eventually, are people going to be thinking of him the smart. same way as the train magnets? Like, fucking, why do they got to put so many restrictions on our life? Just get an imagination. <laughs> Write a book, Einstein. <laughs> I mean, a, a bodice ripper. All right. <laughs> Write a sexy planetary bodice ripper and don't just do math. I bet like <laughs> he are there like images of Einstein, like the theory of relativity, right? Or E mm. equals MC squared. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yes. Whatever that is. Yeah, whatever. Henning yes. probably knows Henning, what it is. Henning knows exactly what it Energy is. Energy equals matter mass. construction. Mass times C, which is concept. The speed of light. Oh, so, all right. Damn speed of light. So that's so you not... Can, you can have a little bit of mass, and because of that C squared, you get a lot of energy out of it if you were to, like, smash it in a in a particle smasher. Which they're trying to do. Mm. And that's the end of... Or if you want to make an atom bomb, for example. Thermonuclear Ooh. detonation. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the equation. A little equation. bit of mass, you get a lot of energy out of it. That's not the equation, just the E equals MC squared. The actual equation is fucking huge, right? It's a pain in the ass. For what? I mean, that equation expresses... All of it? Energy and mass equivalents. But the way to get to that... To describe... What's rough? Describe relativity and time space and all these things. Yeah, it's probably a lot more equations involved. I haven't looked into it. Joy work. (laughs) Doubtfire for you. Okay. Theory of Relativity, the real story for you. <laughs> I'll read, and you're Joanna, gonna read Joanna Lindsay. Can I just watch Doubtfire again? Yes, you can, because I can't <laughs> handle that other shit. I'm telling you, it's too much for me. Um, anyway. Birthdays, um, theory, yeah, so relative. You, birthdays are relative. Birth, yes, they are. Time is relative. Time is relative. Oh, shit, and it does work. Now it, I'm going to see that you, in everything I see. You would age slower than the rest of us if you were traveling. Is that faster. really true? Yeah. If I were traveling faster, I would age more slowly. Mm-hmm. 
So the only way we can send I people to Mars, get a move on. realistically, to and not kill them, mm-hmm. is to sh- they got to go super fast. Well, we can get to Mars on our current most powerful engines in like nine months or wow, two, that's crazy. Nine months and two years, it's wow, not that far away. No. Oh, so we're going. Yeah, for sure. I think so. You and within Musk. our lifetimes. Well, like within the next f- couple of years. Mm. For a couple. <laughs> In the next for a couple of years. That's what I think. Mars attacks. From your mouth to Musk's ears. Yes. Um, uh, I didn't realize it only took that. I, I was thinking it took, like, you had to put them in cryogenic sleep. Mm. And that, that's Venus. Can we go to Venus? Mm. What's the next it's stop, a, baby? It's in the other direction. Yeah. No, we don't want to go to Venus. It's, it's in the other direction. horrible place. Is that like, the gas planet? Like yeah, it's all sulfur? Right, right. Well, it's kind of sulfur runaway uh, greenhouse effect, yeah. and yeah, probably acidic. Sky is raining down on you. That's what I want to see. And though. like at the bottom of that <laughs> soup of cloud, I think you know a soda can would get crushed. You would get crushed. Do they have potable water? <laughs> <laughs> so it would be a real short visit. The, believe me, we're going you have to go in a submarine. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Swing by the Titanic on your way. Hit the Titanic. Put a put a sphere put around a sphere around Venus, Venus to make it you know make it more safer, safe. Yeah, make it make it nice and tidy for the tourists from Rapid City. Do that for colonizing all the planets. I mean, don't bother. We can terraform Mars. Yeah, and that'll take you know thousands of years. Or really? just build a dome there and have a little habitable space. Pumping, pumping the hmm. oxygen, <laughs> nitrogen that we're used to. Hmm. Isn't the biggest planet actually the smallest planet? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, the uh, what's the biggest planet? Jupiter, you mean? It's the biggest planet, but uh, it's really the smallest because it's all gas. It is all gas. Yeah. And what's um, gas? It's nothing. Uh, well, it's we, as we learned a few episodes ago, smoke it's fake. sublimated. <laughs> it's all sublimated. We don't actually know what's down below all those clouds in Jupiter. It could be a rocky core somewhere down there. Or mm-hmm. something even like, let's use the bean here. Let's make it fun. Let's yeah. imagine. Birthday planet. Imagineer like Einstein would. Yeah. What's down there? What's down there? Hmm. <laughs> I, chocolate. I don't know. Um, a chocolate nougat yeah. core. No, yeah. you got to <laughs> think like Cybon, Plutonian, Windboxing, like... Mm. Uh, battles, mm-hmm. uh, immemorial galactic wars that have been waging for millennia. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's that woman with the one arm. The woman with the one arm mm-hmm. and the clack. Uh, <laughs> they drink lava and they start fires with water. Okay. <laughs> very Megan's very opposite chess justice What's up is down, what's mm-hmm. left is right. Yeah. Directions are relative. The only thing that's not relative is speed of light Mm -hmm. because light is actually dark so they have to turn out the lights to read something (laughs) because they can see in the dark yeah everything's opposite i like it it's like a it's like a black light poster like on a stoner's wall (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so much better that's good and if the black light poster gets stolen it's a job for honda Honda. is there to pick up the slack that's right Don honda space adventure Pick up the crimes that no one else adventure. wants. Ooh. 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 That would be fun. <laughs> Just in general. Yeah. Space is pretty... F- space is not fun yet, but fake space is a lot. Fake space is great. 
man would give the universe meaning by imagining what yeah. else, what's out there yeah. because that always comes true it. really mm-hmm. like what? well the look, moon is not made of cheese that's not what i'm saying that one's wrong <laughs> maybe because star wars tattooing it has two sons uh-huh. seemed crazy what a weird world now neil degrasse tyson for this comments off the list there are planets with two suns and sure. moons okay. it's not so weird uh, I can Although he does argue that there's different odd horizon lines and sunsets because one sets yeah. before the mm. other. So it's constantly day. It's like Alaska over oh, there. Right. Tatooine. There's um, the closest star we know of. Well, yeah, we can say at this point it's the closest star, Proxima Centauri. They found a, a planet there. Ooh. So it's the closest exoplanet we can possibly have out there. It's four light years away. So that's not a star. That's a sun. It's actually a trinary system. They have three suns. Wow. But they're stars. Yes. Okay. Yes. Same thing. Why do we need two our, names? Our sun is a star. I know. Because we call yeah. our star the sun. Yeah. And that's like ours. Yeah. It's a special S- star. Capitalized. Yeah. Why don't we just call it a capital <laughs> S like we do president. President Trump is capital P. Trump. The president is low P. Thank you. <laughs> That's been our Trump. 20 se- 12, one second. Oh. He is one big fart noise. All right. <laughs> so Trump really Sorry. wanted to go to Mars. That's the one. That's like the one thing. Really? He didn't cut. That's the one oh like proactive God. thing he actually is planning on doing. What a Ed, fucker. Who even knows what he wants? But he didn't, you know, some people were making... Congratulations, Trump, for not not cutting that. Oh yeah, let's not feed not being an idiot. Feed he, poor children and keeping old one people. thing around that you're supposed to do. He needs a yeah. reason for that pipeline so he can have all that black yeah. gold to propel the engines mm-hmm. to fly his evil <laughs> helicopter to Mars. We're not gonna get there on oil. Nope. No fossils. I don't. Even, you know what? I don't want to go to Mars if it's on his watch. No. You know what I mean? Oh, man, no. What if we found I'm oil on Mars though? No, I don't want him to get any credit for anything. He's a complete waste of food. I wish, you know, he's like that evil guy in like all the 80s movies. Like we were talking about, like you always have all these tropes in 80s action movies. He's like the rich, evil 80s corporate magnate who does like finally get to Mars. But then he's like gets there and he offends the Martians (laughs) and they rip him apart like he like thinks they're all his friends but they're only sub uh, they're only subservient to him because he like has them like kind of chained up Hmm. but whoever like our hero or protagonist of the story ends up getting their electronic shackles off and they just shred him he's like guys no you love me you love me (laughs) yeah you know that old age old story it's um are you are that's the who was I talking I to about that? The, the original. The, the the play, Rossum's Universal Robots. That, Carol. that coined the term robots. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Well, it brought it to, to, uh, to the fore. Yeah, I think, wasn't it Isaac Asimov who coined the word? But it became popularized through, by that play. And that's, that's what, you know, again, human arrogance. They built these robots, and the robots revolted and ripped them all to shit. That's happening, dude. Dude, no way. Yes way. Yes. <laughs> I always got Isaac Asimov mixed up with Aesop. 
Always, still do. <laughs> and that'd probably be a fun mix. Asimov's Fables. Asimov's Fables. That that has jerk practice written all over it. And that has, and you know who still reads? Nerds. You know who likes Isaac Eisenhoff? Nerds. <laughs> Nerds. Mm-hmm. Boom. You don't even need to create material. You just take his material. Uh-huh. And Would, is it public domain? No. Is he still around? No, but it, I'm sure somebody still owns the copyright. The fables the, are, the, are the fables. Fair game. You can help yourself. Yeah, Aesop's so. are fair game. Yeah, yeah. So we got half fables. taken care of. Yeah, they had the three rules of robotic. Those are like morals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, see. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Maybe he. Maybe there's a reason I get it mixed up. Maybe he took some liberties. Right. Maybe he. F- Am I calling Asimov out? Maybe. Dipping Maybe. into the, the fables for ideas. Fable dipping. <laughs> That's the writer's what? pure. Where, where is Proxima Centauri? Um, sit, sitcoms, Night Court. Uh, I mean, I definitely had my goat. So, oh, that's what I was saying. So what I have now and how I became reacquainted with Night Court is uh-huh. this channel called Laugh, L-A-F-F, that plays Ellen. And Drew Carey show, which is a great sitcom. Yeah. Very, oh, yeah, very good. And very unique in its own. Um, well, we talk about it. There's similar similarities to that in Night Court, and we'll make a lot of similarities as we talk about this uh, sick this show. Um, in that that Drew Carey is a very uh, interesting like um, variety of sitcom. In that it's almost Simpsons esque, to be honest. In that yeah. it had an overarching narrative, but you could pluck any episode out and watch it individually. Yeah. Uh, and I say that is unique because I like the only overarching narrative of a lot of sitcoms was just that the characters grew older. Like, I, right. unless yeah. it was a two part episode of Family Matters, no, none of the episodes related. Right. They got to the point where it was like, okay, Laura has to stop going to high school, so she'll go to her new job. Yeah. But that was it. Like, they'll do a graduation, and then it's the same shit. She's leaving for something else. Uh, and, and again, I, I, I have to, you know, we have to remember that, the, again, it's more complex than just uh, start to finish. Because as I think of Family Matters, they started having running character. They started having a running theme of a personality changing machine. Oh yeah, Stefan. Look at that little boy with that Jerry curl dance. That is again. That is the weirdest. One of the weirder characters in all of television. That and then the the little Italian kid from Who's the Boss with the froggy voice. Hey Tony. Oh, like hey, they just Tony, they just literally doing? brought on a mini Tony Danza. <laughs> he just <laughs> dressed like him. He talked like him. He was womanizing at a young age. Oh, Very that's, bizarre. Yeah, he he was just mini Tony. They needed to Maybe bring Tony in. D. They needed to bring some masculinity in as soon as Daniel got a little <laughs> too uh, fluffy, if you know what I mean. A little too Faustino. So uh, that's how I got reacquainted with Night Court, and then that brings back all these memories of. So Night Court comes out in 1984. It runs yep. for. We'll get into more depth um, analysis. Actually, wait. I know how to start it. Go for it. Uh, have a good night, court. The court is now in session. Please rise for the Honorable Hans K. Freiwald and Casey Van Heel. 
that's not even <laughs> i like that i like that keep that write that baby down like that needs to Got be written it. down and Done. uh real quick it is interesting to remember so you know i went back to school somewhat recently night court school i went back to uh what would night court school be what's you like- gotta pass the the bar yeah, I, uh, yeah. Duh. I do like that it is nighttime. Like, we'll get into the setting and like why it was, but the setting's fantastic. Um, yeah, I was gonna. No, uh, I say, I say, I'm gonna just give like the very broad description of the show, and I say that only because in going back to school, mm-hmm. uh, I do. It's easy to forget how. Uh, it's easy to think yourself younger than you are, especially when you oh, f- sure. are, don't necessarily live a quote-unquote adult lifestyle like me yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or you. So when I'm in right. school and I'm making references even to things as recent as um, – and I was going to say the critic, but true. Like, <laughs> Holy shit, you know, that's even like all the shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As recent as this 20-year-old cartoon. And But that's the thing. That seems recent to me, whereas even Night Court, because I was ran, ran from 1984 to 92. Yeah, that's It's like, that's, there's people drinking in bars that weren't born in, nine, that were born after 92, you know? Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it is real quick synopsis. Uh Night Court, and I'm just taking it offline, right? Night Court's an American... T- oh, God. This is like... This is pure uh, C-minus material. Gotta we give want, it a little... We need some... Give it a little sizzle, huh? We need some scholarly sources. So Pretend night... like you... You are... This is the book of Night Court. Like, give us some spice. All right. Well, see... The year was 1984. January 4th, 1984. I was but a babe. I was less than one year old. I was born in 1983. I had an older brother who's 10 years older than me who will come into play later on because he is my connection and my mentor to the world that is situational comedy, specifically Night Court. Uh, And Night Court is a show that ran on NBC from January 4th, 1984 to 1992. That gives it nine seasons. It took place during a night shift in a Manhattan courtroom. And the protagonist of the show was a very young, a very hip 80s comedian at the time. Harry Anderson, uh, Harry niche played by niche, played by very niche comedian, Harry Anderson, uh, who, uh, who played Harry T stone judge in jeans, young judge that judge in jeans that presided over a nightly shift, uh, uh, in a Manhattan courtroom, the scum Uh, shift, the scum shift. And it's interesting enough. So that's like a little setup. distill it down. Night court. (laughs) People that work at court at night in 80s New York. It's perfect. Watch, like, we'll go, like, now that we're kind of cracking it, like, all you got to do is watch the intro. Like, the intro is one of those, like, the intro to the show is such the perfect sitcom intro. If you're going to make a jokey sitcom intro, 
you're just mimicking Night Court. Because it has the, like, just the scenes. Like, I, I lived in New York for 10 years. Like, that, the New York from Night Court is how I will always remember New York City. Sure. It's how I thought of it before I moved there. It's how I thought about while I moved there. Because it's just, 80s New York is New York to me. Like, that's the Ghostbusters New York. Yeah, it's the, absolutely. The New York from the comic books I read. Like, it's... It's the mayors, it's, you know. Yeah. Well, Mayor Koch, right? No, that was 70s, yeah. but no, 70s and 80s, Ed Koch, correct? Yeah. But the, yeah, when was Cuomo? Was he uh, 80s? Cuomo would have been late 80s to 90s because there was also uh, Mayor Dinkins. Dinkins, yeah. Um, Yes, let's just... Well, that let, transitions into the story of the show very well. Sure. Uh, I was going to I was going to ask you cuz I'm trying to recall the uh, can you name one uh setting or incident like of a character in their opening sequence? I'm trying to picture it. I that was I we were talking about it earlier. Um so again with the intro the killer jazzy uh jazzy sounds, the saxophone, the steaming grates, the homeless guy, the hot dog carts like Sets you up perfectly. Uh, I was going to say the, you know, they introduced the characters. Hans talked about the main character is Judge uh, Harry Stone. Oh, yeah. uh, The sassy judge in jeans. That's all you need to know. He's the cool, cool kid on campus. Judge judge in jeans and an awful lot of foundation. Yeah. Did you notice that? Rich with it. Like a Broadway. Pancake Don. (laughs) Boy, go ahead. I just noticed that. Uh. Other characters, uh, Lana Wagner, she is the, uh, uh, I forget the official title, court clerk. She's the court clerk, so she... She's the court clerk, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and that actress was, we can get into it, but she does not remain for the series. No. That court clerk is changed and replaced, so, um, oh, what's that actress name? Karen Austin? You You might know her. From her role as John Candy's wife in Summer Rental. Ooh, I do know her from that. Uh, but what I do know is I had forgot that she was in Night Court, but she's only in season one, episode one, the pilot. And then she yeah. and then she is replaced by a more well-known actress who I can well, find here. We'll have to wait till we get there because she's the she's the court clerk we've got. You're right. You're right. That's Not fair the court game. Clerk Absolutely. We need. So we got Hot Lana Wexler, Court Clerk, Sassy Judge, Harry T. Stone. Sheila, Sheila Gardner. Sheila Gardner. Cause was she the public defendant? Uh, yes. Gail Strick, uh, played by Gail Strickland. 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 So you got your classic <laughs> 80s, like, hot, sort of, like, waspy lady. Like, she is hot. She's very hot. Very hot. But, like, very, like the scary lady from an 80s movie yeah yeah she's like she would be the head of the pta that would like give you roused about kids a a good talking to but we're sure time machine into the gym we're sure to see those glasses come off and that oh yeah hair band. Let your hair down yeah, yeah no doubt about that i'm excited uh, for that so she was a public defender and then the the timeless john larroquette as the the intelligent austere Dan Fielding. Fan 
fantastic character. There was obviously we, I mean, this is just, let's just, this is just a lick of that iceberg. We are going to get oh, yeah. seer. We're going to, it's going to be a fielding of dreams when we're yes. dealing with this. He is a, a great character. And interestingly enough, uh, are, are we delving into the pilot now? I th- guess we should start because then we can get to the intro. I feel duped. Proximus Why? Centauri was mentioned, what, 10 minutes ago? Have you guys yeah. been leading into something about, for about the t- past 10 minutes? <laughs> and I had no awareness? What? Sorry, go ahead. Start so start fresh, though. Some of us I'm pre- into this, baby. Some of us prepare ahead of time. For Not me, man. Yeah, there you go. I'm off the cuff. I'm a fable. <laughs> uh, do you know what the Drake equation is, first of all? This is a thing that I wanted to introduce because I want to talk about it in episodes coming New concept or old concept? Contemporary or old. Came from, from from a conference in 1961. All right, Drake really? equation, and it deals with space. Yeah. Whoa, not, ca- not Canadian rappers. All right. Um, Drake equation deals with space. I have a feeling it deals with this. If <laughs> You look like you're doing a psychic reading. If the, your eyes closed and your hands up. Uh, that uh, that the star is relative to those who rely upon it. Therefore, if a star's relativity is to the people that need it for sustenance, <laughs> they call it the sun. It's about the the it's about the sound of the universe. Uh, oh shit! Allison with the correct mantra. <laughs> Henning has explained the Drake equation to me more than once, Let's and hit I it, baby. just I? can't grasp it. So, but I'm willing to try again. It's not really, it's not EMC squared. It's not fancy oh. math. There are a, a bunch of terms, but it's easy okay. to understand. It's All just right. a bunch of numbers you multiply together, and it gives you theoretically the number of alien civilizations out there. Awesome. With whom we could have radio contact. Yeah, I get it. I got a first try. Where well, have you been? <laughs> <laughs> How many aliens but, we got, baby? Well, Sivs. that sounds like something you would do once and then have it. So why are we talking about the Drake equation? Why aren't we just talking about the the result of it? Okay, the universe uh, is this is the, this is the and number. expanding You're perfectly. Have you place. you've looked into this? I have You're not. You're setting me up perfectly. Oh, then just on your wavelength, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, what were you saying, Hansi? The universe is vast <laughs> and expanding set of stars and galaxies that go on. Immemorial. Is that why we Immemorial. keep changing? Um, Do we how keep... many alien planets uh, yeah, well, civil- each, civilizations are? Each time something new is discovered, uh, like, add on to like it. this Proxima B or this new it Trappist system, changes part of the equation. It changes part of the ah, equation, okay. and everyone's theorizing. Well, now what does this mean for the number of possible civilizations okay. out there? It's a malleable equation. Yeah, there's a lot of unknowns in there. Mm. Each time, what's an unknown called in math? Y, no X, no, an un, a variable. There's a lot of variables. Variable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but variables that we don't quite know what number to plug in. Right. If we knew, okay, let me just go through it. <laughs> what's it? What's the? What kind of number is pi? Irrational. This is an irrational equation. <laughs> this is an irrational <laughs> podcast. <laughs> 
pie, baby. <laughs> this baby keeps going and it never repeats itself. Though it does. Though it does. <laughs> but we kind of don't remember what, so it does, repeats itself off. So it's just like pie because you kind of think you see a pattern, but it's not. So it's just like the jerk price. You're like, I think they talked about that, but they said it completely different last time. Which one's true? None of it. <laughs> and it keeps going forever. And we had cake today, not pie. We're running on cake today. Oh, yeah. Not pie. If you wish to, to bake an apple pie, pie, you must, must first, first create, create the universe. That was an apple scratch. peach cake. <laughs> Go for it. Drake, baby. What does an alien civilization need in order to be contactable by us? Radio waves. It needs a star first. I'll get there. <laughs> In order for life to get off the ground, it needs energy. If you're a cold chunk of ice and rock flying through space, there's nothing going to happen there. Okay. But give it a little steady heat from a star, mm-hmm. like our sun, and you might get liquid water. Give the water some heat, and chemicals might start mixing around and combining into in in strange ways. Primordials. You're, now you're cooking the primordial The juice, soup. the soup. Yeah. You're stewing with chemicals. You've seen that guy that made Stew. life. Miller Urey. I believe so. Experiment, yeah. How cool is that? And so that just shows you, like, no problem, man. Right. He didn't create life. He created organic compounds from That's chemicals what... that were likely around at the time of Ooh. Earth's What's creation. the difference, dude? With this <laughs> organic compounds with a little gray up, 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 hey, hey, up in the top. <laughs> in, yeah, well, it takes a lot longer for those organic compounds to mix in and hook up in a way that can replicate itself. And didn't he have to use electricity to do it? Isn't that part of what they say, the primordial? You need need an input of energy from outside, like our sun, like could could have been lightning in the atmosphere Hmm. as well, too. Because the atmosphere was was probably Venus back then on Earth. That's my favorite vision of a planet, like that has an atmosphere that's always stormy. Mm. Ooh. That's cool. The red, the red spot. That's a metaphor for something. It's it's perfect uh, environment for a bodice. For a, it's a, always a good <laughs> night for a bodice ripper on Venus. That's what I'm saying. Nice stormy. Get some cocoa. It's a good title. <laughs> Go for it. They have to be like really strong to withstand that pressure. Mm. This pressure. Ripped, ripped buns. So, yeah. so sharp. Oh my God. Yeah. So tight. These these just chisely, <laughs> horny situations that are happening on Venus. <laughs> but also probably really small too. Like really compact. Crunched. You squashed like, down like into a, it. Like a ripped Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's more like a nightmare. So you give that soup a half billion years of random mixing together and you might get a chemical combination that can replicate itself, Mm. like DNA, for instance, or RNA. Once that happens, evolution is off to the races. Evolve long enough and you might get intelligent life. Mm -hmm. Let intelligent life work on their tools long enough Mm -hmm. and they might start using signals encoded on light waves to talk to each other. Mm. Radio. Mm -hmm. Let them use this technology long enough and we here on Earth, with our technology, might hear him. Uh, hear okay. Them. Hear them. SETI. Yep. SETI is... Green yeah. bank. Ready, SETI, go. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what I just walked through is every variable in the Drake equation. And just mm. Oh, okay. Like, that's the thinking behind the numbers. But let me say what the numbers actually are. Yeah. Explicit. You take the rate new stars are being created. 
-hmm. multiply by the fraction of those stars that have planets. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to write this down. <laughs> well, you're going to put some legit numbers. Or are they in like the billions or trillions? There, there are some legit numbers that we do know. Others we don't, like I mentioned. Right, because they're too big to count. Oh, we just don't have a fair count. We've been they're dealing with huge numbers. Count. We know how to deal with huge numbers. What we don't know is what we don't know. Unknown variables. Uh -huh. Unknown, you never know what you never know. Unknown never values do. to plug into this equation. If we knew everything perfectly, we'd, we'd, we'd know exactly dead. how many civilizations are out there. <laughs> okay, so uh, da, da, da. multiply by the fraction of those stars that have planets, by mm -hmm. the number of planets per star, by the fraction of those planets that are suitable for life, by the fraction of those planets where life actually happens, by the fraction of that life that evolves to be intelligent, by the fraction of that intelligence that develops at least radio tech, Multiply the whole thing by the length of time such a civilization exists. Wow. I think somebody just kind of threw this one out there to impress somebody at a party and then had to stick to it. Oh my Present. gosh, you're exactly right. <laughs> Setting me up perfectly again. Let's see. Uh, I lost my, my place now. You multiply all those, all those things together and theoretically you get the number of civilizations in the galaxy who could be talking to Ooh. us right now. Hmm. Bada, communicating. Bada bing, bada yes, bloop. Communicating. Not talking. Couple. <laughs> and they're saying, send more Chuck Berry. Mm -hmm. The number it spits out at the end is not meant to be accurate. We don't know what values to put in the equation. We only have estimates on most of those numbers, and the result is only going to be as good as our estimates. But it makes for an interesting thought experiment, which is all that it was meant to. Uh. When Frank Drake made up the equation in 1961 at the first meeting of SETI. Oh, whoa. Made up there, just on the spot. He didn't even come prepared. Yeah, he spent a couple of days on it before. All right, I'll give it to you. <laughs> doesn't sound like it. Although he doesn't have numbers. He could have written that on a napkin. It's not that nap. complicated. <laughs> it was only supposed to stimulate conversation, and it did. A 27-year-old Brooklynite named Carl Sagan was Ooh. at that conference. He was at the first conference of SETI? Mm -hmm. He's like Force. He's Science Force Gump. <laughs> <laughs> he would take Drake's equation from the astronomy nerds and give it to the popular audience by featuring it on Cosmos 20 years later. Hmm. SETI scientists and enthusiasts have been talking about it ever since. And stoners. <laughs> In, under their posters, under I, their blacklight Sagan posters. I guess it's just because Carl Sagan was too important of a thinker and theorist and astronomer. Yep. What's astrology? He's not astrology. Don't mix up astrologer. He's an astronomer. Yeah. Um, he was Sagan too would be like, displeased. He was too smart of a man and too important to actual. Um, uh, think tanks of conversation like because otherwise Cosmos should have just been like uh, you know season two baby Cosmos it was just a one time run yeah he said everything he needed to in 13 episodes he could have come up with more oh for sure so why didn't he come back because they were like no NASA needs you Carl right <laughs> he's doing important uh, frontier pushing work as well he was an actual scientist apparently hmm. he tried he, wor he worked at Cornell Mm -hmm. I don't think so. And he tried to recruit D Neil mm -hmm. DeGrasse mm. 
to the point like recruit him hard uh, to the point where he like brought him home and had like uh, brought him home to have dinner and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And Tyson still ended up going to Harvard. Mm-hmm. He's come back sagging. And now that Sagan's <laughs> gone, right. he talks about him like oh, in glowing terms. He wanted yeah. me to make the right choice. No, he's <laughs> come to him. He, think how much. So with how much time here, Cornell. Here's a new equation. With how I'll, uh, here's a new amazing uh-huh. equation. This okay. is like DeGrasse's. This is going to get me into the um, the door, if you will, mm-hmm. to the next SETI conference. Let's now, based on how much time we know we've had with Carl Sagan because his lifespan was finite, mm-hmm. how much time did he waste of that life dealing with Neil deGrasse Tyson? <laughs> and how, uh, how mm-hmm. much did that take away from his scientific thinking and output? And how has that now affected like the rest of the world? So like based in time, how much has that taken away? Shouldn't we have been to Mars like a decade ago? If not for Tyson. If he didn't have to spend an entire weekend with Neil deGrasse Tyson? That's an equation, man. His time definitely was valuable. We could have had a 14th episode of Cosmos maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how many people of that could have, no, could have, that have influenced? No, you don't bust episode of Cosmos in a weekend. I'm sure he thought it was a good investment well no i'm, not, I'm just saying i'm just saying well he of course he out, did i'm not i'm not putting on sag mm-hmm. i'm putting it on ty mm-hmm. for wasting right. that yeah that are you, lost yeah. weekend precious resource sagan thoughts <laughs> I, maybe i wonder where sagan's last breath is you know he was Ooh. into that hippie shit too right yeah or was he a doubter well he thought weed was awesome Man. he did how many episodes are we missing because of <laughs> Mary Jane. Oh, yeah. There's another equation. Yeah. If he wasn't too busy tooting on his space bong, thinking of, he probably has a way cooler vision of what Venus looks like than me. And it's probably realistic, too. Like, that's that's like how his brain works, like how cool, like, the mountain looks. That's the thing. He probably thought that was a good investment, too, because, like his predecessor and mythological almost figure, Einstein to him would have been, he was into mind expanding experiences mm-hmm. and I, like Einstein did science starts with imagining something that mm-hmm. isn't mm-hmm. true and proving it true or, or not. What are you claiming about Einstein? Did he do like opium and shit? <laughs> he might've been more productive. <laughs> how much, how many, how many more crazy theories do, do we miss out on because oh. he wasn't smoking opium oh, or he just geez. has an overdose instantly because he's too nerdy to, <laughs> to measure the right properly. the right spike for his heroin <laughs> <laughs> he had to to come up with relativity he had to imagine himself traveling on yeah. a particle of light on a wave of light like a train so and, and think so he, he think must have been the... substances involved is no i think alleging? his brain is a substance oh, okay. like he lives on that plane where he's he doesn't need yeah. a he's like the buddha he's on a, just a different level right certain yeah. people oh. are like that Sagan, he's getting close I'm not saying he was he was doing doing the dube einstein but he <laughs> maybe maybe Sagan thinks uh Maybe you need a little kickstart to the imagination. He was, uh, <laughs> Einstein drank a lot. What? Did he? Oh, yeah. Real boozer. You, he was probably hanging out with Arthur again. Miller. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's probably pictures out there. Somebody out there, Google 
and I'm talking to you, talk about relative. <laughs> Let's Google a picture of Einstein with Arthur Miller, and I okay. bet they're each going to have a martini in their hand or a, or a scotch. Now, alcohol, I can't think of any. There's no benefit to that. You're not you're not sailing off on a light wave when you're drinking. <laughs> no, you're not. But I will. No, you have to give alcohol it, its due because Einstein it's was probably for, his brain was so mm, wicked moving all the time. Uh, okay, maybe. He needed that sedative. He needed to modulate mm. it. Yeah, somehow. yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> I bet he was a mean drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's just agree that they each took in exactly the, <laughs> the right level the substances yeah. they needed they got high right, on the air atmosphere man mm-hmm. that's the only way to explain that type of thinking i wonder if there's people with, like with that level of, before he disproved it level of thinking today because mm. now everybody's all about money hmm. einstein wasn't did he get a nobel prize yes million bucks there yeah, which well. he used to pay for like his weird sister wife einstein had a weird situation <laughs> was that, a cousin? that i think of it was it a cousin like poe yeah something like that and so. he, he had to support her like and also a couple of them i think three by the end three sister wives einstein had three sister three wives, wives. Yeah, two einstein wives. had three sister wives you heard it here first <laughs> national treasure is he an american <laughs> citizen after i know he's from us uh, germany or austria one or the German, other. Germany. But yeah. I think he renounced his German citizenship. Hmm. He's ours, baby. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. I think he that fled sounds right. Pre Holocaust. Yeah. yeah. Got out of there. Got the hell out. I think we got him out of there, correct? CIA. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't maybe then and they're around there. Germans don't want him. We'll take him for sure. Yeah. Come. That was. Oh, us, yeah. They help didn't us want us build him, the atom bomb. Uh-huh. He was. Einstein was Jewish? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, they. Those idiots. See, there's their flaw. They, Germans, <laughs> just right off the bat. Just a bad as, move. Like where? That yeah, thing. it's just all <laughs> wrong from the get go. Everybody, like, that's all you need to know. Like, wait, you're what? You don't want Einstein? You're kicking Einstein out? Uh I. All right. You know what? Then we're all done with you, and we're gonna stop you right here. Go back in history. That's how it should have happened. <laughs> However, now we have Angela Merkel. And she's pretty cool. She is um, awesome. I'm a, oh my god! Are I want to hit that raspberry family? button. So when Trump was with Merkel, did you hear about this? Yeah, there was much badness. President, <laughs> yeah, President Trump, mm-hmm. joint press conference. Angela Merkel, right? They have in, uh, well, Angela in Merkel House. speaks perfect. She came English. over. She's yeah. the guest. Yes. Trump does not speak any German, and he mm. didn't ha- bother to have. Like the standard procedure is to have an earpiece and your translator telling you what mm. you're yeah. the person you're co-press conferencing with is saying. He didn't even bother. Mm. He just stood there in the entire time as she spoke German. Just where was that story about the Japanese? Yeah, uh, he, right. diplomat. He did he, the same thing. Yeah. yeah, that's when I heard about it. I didn't hear it with Merkel. I heard uh, it. I, there's a great podcast. With Merkel, Tripod it was Monk. about refusing the handshake maybe it yeah. was, oh, was because he wasn't, didn't have the earpiece he didn't know she was he didn't know that was a handshake no i heard mm. the pod saves america have you heard this podcast Mm-mm. it's a new political podcast with try them. it try it <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go into there but yeah the fart noise says it all and german do we have a <laughs> ger- fart noise in german because then he won't understand it Das. <laughs> 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 more it's more dry fart 
<laughs> that's very yeah. That's very a condescending German fart. Yeah. <laughs> An evil fart. Yeah. Um, a maniacal. Yeah. A maniacal fart. That's that's again. <sighs> that's the period of the uh, from the Weimar to the fall of the Third Reich. One maniacal fart. <laughs> Starb. Should do a sag on Bauhaus sometime. Ooh. Speaking of Weimar Republic. Anyway. Hmm. I'd go in. You want me to go into? I don't know. Know any idea what that is? Bauhaus. Is it a? Oh, is it an art 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 yeah. institute that School he like art. totally demol mm-hmm. de- 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 like everybody had to leave um, because they were yeah, too they controversial. Were, they were fleeing. They were artists in a time where and, that was not popular. The uh, Gropius and Bauhaus. Clay and Kandinsky came out of there too, by the way. Henning's favorites. My favorites. And I think the filmmaker that made um, Triumph of the Will came out of there. Lenny Riefenstahl? Lenny Riefenstahl? Eshtal, right? Scott? I think she's, he... But Hitler uh, liked her. She, she sure did. And she didn't even like what she was doing. She was just such a good filmmaker. Talk about like ethical yeah. quandaries. Mm-hmm. Like... The Nazis have the best material and the biggest budget. Yep. And I want and I can be on the like ground floor of making the most amazing movie. Eh, six million? Like it's, it's like <laughs> fuck. Uh, she, she did not make the right choice, right? She didn't. Mm. It kind no. of fucked her career up, right? Although we're talking about it right now. Yes, we are. But well, I what guess was her other choice? Be killed, probably. Or come to America, make mm. some talkies, hang out with Warhol. Oh, oh there's a picture. Wow, Lenny Riefenstahl at the factory. But she, I, she probably. I bet if we Google that picture, she's there, right? Or did she not make it through the whole uh, I don't, war? I don't think she ever made it over here. She, like she didn't make. She was bunkered. <laughs> I'm not sure if she was bunkered or if she just sort of died because people do. I don't know. Where are the interns? <laughs> Moving on. Moving back to. Okay, so some of the numbers of the Drake equation. Yep, we know. Uh, there's there's a lot of uncertainty uh we can figure out like the rate of star creation in our, in our galaxy that's easy not Some many of... right <laughs> i didn't look up the actual number because i thought it was too boring but yeah <laughs> uh one a year i don't i have no idea actually but scientists do know mm. is it a lot or a little though just curious has I mean, to be like astronomical. Next to us that we can astronomical. see. Astronomical. <laughs> That's where the word comes from. It has to be so big, I, I can't even comprehend it. Yeah. Astronomical. Or it's so crazy, like it's such a phenomenon that a star is created. It's not astronomical, where it's like, yeah, one every once in a while, because we already got I mean, enough. The galaxy is a huge place. There's probably one being created right now, you know, millions a second. Wow. And that's just this galaxy. That's what's so right. crazy about yeah. space. It's too much. Too much. Exactly. We'll never that's what I was it. saying before. We'll never see it in our like visible mm. area that we're looking at through our puny telescopes right now. But Save your breath, honey. Literally. <laughs> and eventually we'll regenerate you and you will see it. <laughs> Yay. Uh, it would be... Okay, we we know star creation in our galaxy. That's easy to figure out. Someone has done it, not me. <laughs> Nobody really giving stable. us a toilet here. Some man. of the numbers we have no idea, like the fraction of intelligent civilizations that develop radio tech. Mm. It could be very unlikely. Maybe only one percent of smart 
aliens bothered to invent broadcast TV, or it could be inevitable, 100%. All we know is that we pulled it off here on Earth. That's 100% of the intelligent civilizations that we know of. And we're idiots. Right. So it could be, so if we figured it out, for sure, anyone with two, two brain cells to rub together could figure it out. In which case, 100% would be that particular number in the equation. Or okay. one, multiplying by one. Yeah, sure. 1.0. <laughs> In- inevitable. Every time we discover something new about one of those numbers, though, the discussion is reopened and our estimate becomes just a little bit more accurate. And I bring up the Drake equation now because a month ago now, I'm late a bit, <laughs> the news broke that we had just discovered such a thing. 39 light years away around a star called Trappist-1, there are seven planets, three or four of which are rocky, Earth-sized, and just close enough to their star for liquid water. Ooh. So right there, we we now know of at least one star system where 50% of the planets are suitable for life, and that changes the equation. Isn't it? That's crazy. Yeah. But it's not. Like, right? Sure would be a waste of space. (laughs) (laughs) Trademark. Sagmarks. Either way, we figured out it would have been crazy, you know? Yeah. Kind of, we didn't know before, and now we know. It's just what it is. But, like, what's the equation that just says, like, the the opposite equation that's just, like, what are the odds that there's not life out there? It's Mm. too crazy not to have life. There's too much going on not to have something out there. Right? Isn't that the way it finally shifted? Or are there still religious? Could be this this equation could be filled in to show that there's not any life out there, or That's... or depending on the other, or it could go the opposite way. Depending what do you guys on... call yourselves like uh, skeptics? Skeptics. Yeah. That's a real skeptic. Have some heart, man. <laughs> That's yeah. I I don't believe there's nothing out there. But you'd agree if somebody told you there was. And they were. We had no way of proving that evidence. one way or the other. I'd look at their evidence. Yeah. Right, and they had right. the evidence for it. Mm. Okay. And you go, but that's not. Im- oh wait, empirical. Empirical means factual. Uh, yeah, verified yeah. by verified physical reality. So even if somebody presented you verified empirical evidence, like a metal off a ship that we don't know about yet. No. Like a metal, a, sh- a piece of a ship that we don't. Made no, of metal that we don't know. No empirical evidence that there was no life out there. Oh, how? I well, don't. They know finally found the end, the yeah, end well, of the universe. Okay, that's a BG song. No, that's Edge <laughs> of the Universe. It's a very good song. They finally find that universal horizon. Yeah, we line. won't prove there's no life out there until we've investigated every Everywhere. last rock. And they do that. As improbable say as that is, would that. you say, okay. "All right, that's the evidence"? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd have to. Yeah, Ugh. and then do you? But we're then never. I ice myself. Not but we're happen. never going to do that. Yeah, that's 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 not skepticism anymore. That's if we, giving up. If we look at every star in the galaxy, eventually, who cares? I mean, that'll be a gargantuan effort, and we'll never get through that probably in the length of the universe. But even if we did, like you're saying, of the universe—that's crazy to think about. There's mm-hmm. like four quadrillion more galaxies out there. Holy think. jumping shit! There's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more. Yeah. Than, With, than we'll ever get to. With a bunch of hunky DeVitos out there. 
on some planet there is going to be that. <laughs> there is like that's the like, planet of the hunky devitos. Oh yeah, the planet of the hunky devitos. Like then you like uh, you have that, but then when do you say that that's a parallel universe and not just mm. happening on another planet? Right. Right. Yeah. Even that's another step. Even if we look at every rock. So in this galaxy, and we start on the universe, wormy holes, get through all the quadrillion that are there. Then we still have to think about multiple universes, parallel no, universes. Just, well, just wow. like give it, give up. Like I'm, <laughs> why? You know what I mean? Give I'd, up looking into it? Yeah, just. Ugh, but we only need, it. but to know the opposite direction that there is a civilization out there, we only need to find one. Right. So that keeps you going. And then they're jerks <laughs> not the good podcasting kind <laughs> they're jerks that would be interesting to know as yeah. well yeah you were yes. just as right. interesting as you, if they're as if they're as wonderful as the three of us are but yeah. god yeah. forbid they're so, they have some type of weakness that whoever's in power in the globe can exploit Mm, yeah right yeah because then we just literally get an entire slave civilization Uh, there's no doubt that's what would happen right everybody would get their own little devito clack Uh, (laughs) a hundred two hundred years ago maybe that would have happened not now i think we're over enslaving intelligent life what if it's not intelligent that we know uh by the way argue it right there dolphins we're still enslaving intelligent life what Mm. dolphins are arguably smarter than we are they and we just don't know they're not but <laughs> they are and, and they're not enslaved either what are you talking about of course they are my ass in tanks and aquariums and that stuff Whales. is falling out of favor yeah it's it going, is that's going by the wayside Which is good but it's still happening so let's not talk about like it's not yeah. yeah. Am I on my horse? Am I on a horse? Am I on my high dolphin here? Because I apparently I didn't know I was. I mean, this got spicy tuna over here. Is all I'm saying. Because I didn't know we had some uh, anti-dolphin people <laughs> at the table. Oh man, I have a. I, I'm indifferent to dolphins. I... <laughs> dolphin schmolfins. Why are we talking about dolphins? Look, moving on. Yes. The dolphin equation. Chimps. We should be talking about. Chance. I'll show you that picture of that monkey, you guys. I'll show you that picture. <laughs> or you, I already did show you that picture, and I've already posted it. Everybody out there, would you not agree that that's the most harrowing, sad picture of enslaving intelligent life on this planet? You guys are gonna flip. Okay. Uh, do I want to? Yeah, should no. I get it? No. No. It's okay. Oh man, I'm excited to show you guys. It's like the same way I get excited to watch like a murder documentary. It's tragic, but I can't wait. Anyways, <laughs> dang. Let me tell you about the system, the Trappist system. Oh, the Trappist system. The star itself is a red dwarf, which is smaller and colder than our sun, but it oh, yeah. doesn't mean the planets. It's it's like ten percent the diameter of our sun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm doesn't mean that planets can't have water on them. They just need to be closer into the sun, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Uh, all of the planets are closer to their sun than Mercury is to ours. Wow. And there's a lot of interesting consequences to that. Because they're so close, that means they go around their sun in less time. Mm-hmm. Where Earth takes one year to go around, these planets do it, all of them do it between 5 and 20 days. Jeez. That's pretty. It's a zippy. lot of birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Time is relative. Not that. Well, years 
our arbitrary definition of yes. the year is relevant. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because that's all <laughs> time be is. Mm-hmm. Definition. <laughs> because their sun is smaller, but they're closer to it, it would look bigger in the sky. It would be about the size okay. of a grapefruit if you held it up at arm's length, whereas our sun is uh, about the size of a quarter. We're all miming holding up grapefruits. <laughs> that do, would be cool. Do it yourself at home. There's only one of them in the system, though. Not not as cool as Tatooine. <laughs> the but, Tatooine is cool. Well, it's not. Moisture farms. But in, <laughs> yeah. There's probably liquid water on a lot of these. That's, cool. So that's life. Boom. Done. My, I'm, I'm, you answered my question. Is there life? Yes. Well, you're, all it takes is water okay. and you're calling, a sun. I'm calling it. You're calling a one on one of these variables that, let's see, what, the every planet that is suitable for life will develop life. Yes. That's not necessarily true. It's argument, arguable, though. It could yeah. be Eventually inevitable. it will happen. It Inevitability. Happened. It happened here. Yeah. So it happens everywhere. No, Eventually. No, that is faulty logic of it, some sort. It might be it, like mm-hmm. grossy, weird people, like all <laughs> melty and, and squiggly, but they will it form. Might be Cronenbergs. It might, might be Cronenbergs. Yeah, it might be the hills have eyes, but uh, we got to talk about Rick and Morty. You brought up. I haven't seen it a, yet. I started. Oh. I've only seen the first episode. Okay. I got to get into it. Watch a few. We'll talk oh, about it next. Yeah. Time. Speaking of multiple universes. Parallel mm-hmm. universes and yeah, I a, finished the first season. I gotta get back to that. Tripod Harmontown so Creator. It's a great podcast. A lot of promos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so their sun is smaller. Looks size of a grapefruit. But they're uh, closer. They don't have three like tattooing, but they mm-hmm. do have like uh y- because they're so close you would be able to see the other planets. There's Whoa. seven of them from ground in the daylight, just like the moon. They would be about the size of the moon, whooshing wow. through your sky. Oh, like really fast because everything moves so fast. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, so you actually well, see it like no, zipping because you're moving. That you're moving fast too. Oh, uh, right. Speed yeah. is relative. Yeah. Except could for the be. speed of light. No. Someone yes. could yes. do that model. It would be interesting, but I didn't see that. Of. Uh, What's that yeah. model called? Like all the planets around the sun. Um, that's really cool. Um, I mean, when they actually do it up mechanically and yeah. make them accurately rotate around, they put it over a crib oh. sometimes. Well, that's, <laughs> Mobile. That's just a mobile. mobile. Yeah. No, that's I was not, thinking that's no. not There's, scientifically accurate. Yeah. Like my table. <laughs> Pin it. They're they're so close to each other, you'd be able to see the other planets from the ground in daylight. That's really cool. As if they were. Not not like they're wandering stars like our planets mm-hmm. look. They would be like wandering moons in our sky. Yeah. Because they're... S- Closer. Because they are as close as moons, they are also tidally locked to their sun like our moon is to us. That means they don't spin on their axis, right? Mm-hmm. They have no night and daytime. Whoa. Ah. Wow. Just Which per- do they permanent have? permanent light side and a permanent dark side. Right. Ah, yeah, so yeah. like you take vacation to dreamland. You take your vacation to sleep. <laughs> If you want Imagine night and day, living right on the line. If you want night and That's day, that's where you have everybody to would live. That's their equator. Mm. Yeah, right. If you want a night and day, you have to walk yeah, to the other side. You have side. to go to night. You have that to walk true. into the night. That would be. That's where that's I live. Freaky. Right there. That is fun. You go the to reiki. work on, on that the side. Permanent twilight. You go to bed on. Yeah. Is twilight mean in the middle? Yeah. I didn't know that's what that meant. Well, it, yeah, it means the time in between day and light, but, but because it's geographically defined on these planets. Mm-hmm. 
you'd have to yeah you could live on like a a narrow ring yeah. around the planet where it's always top twilight mm-hmm. perfect that's where everybody would be why else would they be anywhere else they'd be cr- oh but yeah. they'd evolve right so Maybe. and they would we're saying feud and war yeah, and one probably. would subjugate the other yep the lights are the, <laughs> the darks i don't know what i mean there yes. you go everybody who lived on the dark side would would be blind they would evolve to be blind like those creepy things that live in caves and or way down, way way down in the ocean angler fish oh bioluminescence would yeah, evolve yeah they're bioluminescent they'd also there. be really cold because oh. there's no sunlight that ever they'd be cold-blooded. They'd be walking fucking blind snakes. Yes, like so those they wouldn't. Things in they caves. wouldn't have water though. It'd be that cold, unfortunately. Shoot. No ice. This doesn't sound like fun. Ice? Yeah, it would be ice. It'd be frozen. You lick. You get water from licking ice, right? <laughs> yeah, if you it develop would, the technology of fire, something melt it. If you have trees, first of all, which you don't, chip some away. Take yeah. it to the light side. It's like going to the Ooh, well. Yeah, but first, Water mining. Fl- first life has to evolve. Uh, has to have access. Mm. Maybe one time lightning hits <laughs> that spot. We don't know that it hasn't. Lightning hits the one water spot, melts it for just enough time. The theories are that you need liquid water to start life at all, like to even have right, right. DNA that replicates itself. Mm-hmm. This is before you have feet, before you're even able to move. That's why we're almost all water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah, we're like 99% well, I know we, water. Uh, right? Yeah, that reminds me of something somebody <laughs> said to me on OK Cupid, but you go ahead. Oh, is he science, hitting you with some, blinding you with science? Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> there are, like, every every time. <laughs> <laughs> what? The liquid water thing. Yeah, I'm not so sold on that as a necessary to life either, because every time we discover life in a weird new place it's on under Earth, frozen water like under the arctic ice uh-huh. or down among an oceanic vents where it's warm and they get a little hmm. energy from that like that moon on jupiter right and, Io? They, and they find life d- down there and it's crazy we have to expand the definition of suitable for life okay. and that changes okay. the equation yeah yeah so you just need a different organism because why do we need mm-hmm. water to get the uh water co2 we need water for the carbon or the oxygen provide a medium in which all these chemicals can mix around and party hardy and make soup so you just need a you need you need an organism that can sublimate within itself that can take this solid and take it in the system as a solid and then it swishes around in the system some organisms do that they take their we take our water with us right we developed in the ocean and our whole meat sack that we walk around with now is just keeping our ocean inside us. All right. And they just do it in chunk block form. <laughs> <laughs> Presupposes a lot of evolution before they can yeah. get to that stage. Anyway, uh, so no permanent dark side or light side. Now to get back to the Drake equation mm. before we started hunting for exoplanets in 1992, mm-hmm. we didn't know what was out there. Since then, we had a look around with Kepler and Spitzer our other space telescopes beside us, Hubble. Mm -hmm. You might not have heard. But in that time, we now know of about 3,500 is the number of exoplanets out there. What? And these seven are just the latest. Okay. And the greatest. When you say out there, you mean outside of our solar system? Yes. That's a lot of marbles flying around out there. Indeed. 
Indeed, indeed. And and are some of them just sort of <laughs> a lot of them are roaming free, or would they all be part of other solar systems like the? the... Yeah, these are all around a sun. Okay. Star. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Not the, right. not the not proverbial. Seven. Not soul. Hmm. These seven are just the latest in, oh, that, okay. in that list. Around Tristan, tri- Trappist. Trappist. Trappy. Before 2010, right, we didn't know, we didn't even know red dwarfs could have planets around them. We thought they're too small, too cold, too different from us. But then we found, then hey, we... look at here, Gliese 581G, Trappist. Now we know better, and guess what? what? Most of the stars that are out there are red dwarfs. Ooh. Like all, 70% of them that we know of in our galaxy. And we didn't know our our hot yellow sun is the weirdo, the weird one among them. Now, I now knew we know. it. Figures. I knew yep. it. <laughs> now sun bur- burning people. It What's never it regulate itself. <laughs> yeah. uh, it literally melts us, right? Well, it worked out for us because it enabled us to be far enough away that we're not tidally locked to the sun. True, true. We have night and day cycles. That's, mm-hmm. That works out so we can populate the whole planet right. rather than just a ring around the twilight yeah. zone. <laughs> Although that would be, if you think about that would be what we described. That would be a, an interesting world to live in, man. Mm-hmm. sure would. And Where the normies just live around the ring and then it's right. surrounded. And there's by absolutely black. nothing saying that life can't evolve there. We dis- hmm. We discovered... We did, what, now that we know the Trappist is there, we know red dwarves and before this, but we knew we now know red dwarves can have plants around them in the habitable zone. Mm-hmm. They can be close enough to have liquid water, so that changes. That boosts the numbers a lot. Mm-hmm. Just to have all these new class of system, the red dwarves, that can have habitable Earth-like plants around it. And there's three of them here out of seven. Three or four. Whew. Huh. Tidally locked. I don't even know what that means. I mean, that what? just means we revolve around permanent, the sun. Permanent day side. Yeah. And permanent light. Uh, right. So we're we're re- sun revolves revolving. Around us. Oh, be quiet. <laughs> so we're revolving, but at the same time we're rotating. Yes. If you're tidally locked, you're not rotating. Oh, not title. Mm-hmm. No title. Got it. Tidal. I Remember that because of the moon. The moon, the moon is tidally locked to us. So we only that moves the we, oceans. Yeah. So we can we only ever we see, always see its same face, right? We never see never see the dark side of the moon, even if we go. Well, we'd like have to, to go around it. We could go oh, to man, it. I was going to say walk the there. wrong continent <laughs> about the dark side of the moon. Even if we went to the other side of, of the, the world, earth. you're still seeing. Correct. It. I got it. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I always knew that. I know you know. <laughs> good, good. Before we could only look at our own. <laughs> own solar system and say one maybe two planets is this going on too long no it's it's bananas how long it's going in in the best way i just can't believe how extensive it is and that not and that's not a knock i just fuck yep this drake fella i would be like wouldn't you if you hit him at a point you'd be interested but i'd be like all right i get it (laughs) jesus christ he just d he just right wrote a few numbers on a napkin and we're deep depackaging it here deconstructing it and mm-hmm. like expanding years on and it years like of astronomers years. have including mm-hmm. carl Sagan. break it up baby break it break up it down we could only look at our own solar system and say you know before we started looking we could look at our own looking outside of our solar system. Mm-hmm. 
we could only look at ours and say maybe two planets out of nine are suitable for life. Earth, maybe Mars. Mm, right. And I say nine. Uh, because Pluto. Of, because at that time, Pluto was Uranus. Still, still a planet. Oh, I thought Uranus was the one we always said in name. Nope, nope, nope. It's Pluto. Pluto is Pluto. the one. Pluto doesn't get planet it. Respect. Was still it was an asteroid Pluto. for a minute. No, it's a. It's, it's considered a dwarf planet. Dwarf. Just so condescending. And but planets in the. Oh, get me going. So you count again on this. You count Pluto because <laughs> I it, have another sag after. Like this in the last five Why years, Pluto is a dwarf. <laughs> Pluto's been in and out and in and out. Who makes these decisions? It has not. It, in it was in for a long time and then it was out. That's it. And there's still. Some... Oh, now it's not back. No, no, no you no, don't count back. Pluto. No. At but, the but, at the time we started looking, right. there were nine. That yes. Pluto was still a planet at that time in twenty. Poor Pluto. When we started There's, looking Pluto in still has fanboys, still has loyalists. Potable water, I hear. <laughs> Plutable. Plutable. <laughs> Lu- L- L- Pluto's as fake as Lubidia or whatever. Lubinia. Lubinia. It's probably the Plu- name of probably Plu- put it in yeah, right. <laughs> it's probably the name of one of those planets out there by Trappist Plu- One. Lubinia. Plu- yeah, Lubinia too. That's what if if they uh, have the real they have a Lubinia? Oh no no. I was gonna say they haven't named them yet. Oh my god, you who gets that? Sagonia. I mean really. Does he not have a star yet? Cybonia. Sagan must have something cool out there, but they probably just named it C S. He has everything da, da, da. cool out there now. He's out there oh. tripping the He's out there making waves. those noises. Bloop. You know? <laughs> He's fucking with us. Hey. From beyond the grave. You better, uh, better, wrap better, her up. You better get that. Uh, I want the answer to this equation because your uh, <laughs> test time is running out. Oh, boy. So we've been making a lot of progress on the first half of the equation. There's 100 billion stars out there in the Milky Way, an average of one planet per star, conservatively of... The 3,500 exoplanets that I mentioned that we know, only 40 of them are habitable by life. That's something like us. Wow. So these three add 43, oh, 43. to the 40. So that that's the answer to the equation. 40. Uh, it's 43. 43. 43 <laughs> potentially. Nice. Yeah. Right? Is that true? Or is you bullshitting me? I'm bullshitting Did I miss something? What do you think? No, I'm just bullshitting you. Hitchhiker's Guide. All the 43. Exactly. Miles. It's not 42 anymore. Yeah. It's 43. 45. So there's, there's send him to Lubinia. Forty out of thirty-five hundred, which will say about one percent of planets that are out there are habitable by our definition right now. That might change. That's not like bad. Said. One out of a hundred. One percent. One percent. Oh yeah. Did I mention there's like an average, another number in the equation, an average of one planet per star that we look at. I you that. didn't, man. You're T minus 30. And I only say that because literally I can see the, the card winding down. So 1% of 100 billion planets is a billion planets in our galaxy where life could exist. Sound Sounds good. Okay. I'll, if you want, I'll leave it there. That's, that's the number. That's how far we can get in the equation. The second half, not so... Not so... What do you think? That's an equation. Yeah. So yeah, the ep- episode starts. We it's set again. We're in Scumbaggy, New York. It is night court. Uh, mm. All the extra actors are amazing because they're all homeless guys, prostitutes, or crazy people. So 
again, going back to what you said about why we love this New York, because that is what was going on. If you see yeah. actual footage of New York, it is rife with uh, homelessness, um, yeah. uh, prostitution. All of these things are going crazy. A big part of it deals with Reagan put a lot of people yeah. that were mentally ill out and uh, out of push them out of the institutions that was keeping them healthy and yeah. safe and just literally dumped them on the street. And and also the fact that New York was having horrible budget crises. So there was like this huge disparity of wealth. So there was just it was a very dangerous time. Like you lived in New York. We we both lived in New York for a while. Yeah. And we'll talk to uh, we have a lot of friends that have lived here for a long time, particularly through the 80s, 70s and 80s, but 80s. Mm -hmm. And they have such a blasé attitude about the very real dangers of living in New York at the time. Ones that you hear every so often. We have a friend, um, Mitch, who was held yeah. up. like, But just on such a regular basis, the amount of uh, crime they had to deal with and like worry and getting stuck up and uh, areas that literally, I don't think there's many areas in New York where you just literally basically have signs up that just say, and the, the sign might be a person on the corner, do not go here. Like that just kind of doesn't I, exist. It, it, it does, but you would never accidentally find yourself in that place. Right. It's not, it's not the beginning of Batman. Where, whereas 80s New York, like, Obviously, if you're anywhere in Brooklyn at that time, like you're not and you don't belong, like there's you, you have no reason. Exactly. Like if you were in Williamsburg, Brooklyn in 1984, you'd probably be dead. That's the thing. And and but they even if you were in uh Times Square, yeah, uh, an hour after the shows got out, you were there for two reasons, to get a hooker or to get drugs or you were stupid enough to stay there too late and you're you're a in mark. danger. You're a mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, all right. Obviously, uh, time has passed, and 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 it's okay to like uh, fantasize about that now. Obviously, it was dangerous, but this is '84 New York. This is happening, yeah. and yet they're lampooning it for the rest of the world, which is a pretty. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty interesting avenue to go, and I love it. And again, that's why uh, we I. I have this specific vision of New York. Yeah. It doesn't matter how long I've lived here. I still have that same, no. those same feelings. Well, and like it all goes back to the guy, the creator, um, Rheingold we we Weggs, Weggy. It's an interesting, Weeks? it's interesting. I, we will discover how to, how to, I was doing some research on him. Reinhold Weggy, 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 Steve Weggy. He was a writer on the show, Barney Miller, which I didn't see a lot of. Yeah. Same here. Um, which is the same format, but it's about cops. I believe in the Bronx. It, you're absolutely it right. It all it's takes in the Bronx. place in a police station, so every background character is some sort of crook or criminal or weirdo, someone who would have a reason to be in a police station. So he took that format and made it larger. Mm -hmm. So it's just populated with these, like, there's no like a, a straight laced yuppie. If he's in there, it's for a punchline, right? And keeping in mind that Barney Miller is another aspect of New York. It's taking place in a police department in the Bronx in 1970s New York. Yeah. And so it's in, another decade of weird. If crime. anybody knows yeah. about New York in the 70s, they know it was really rough. But they also know that the Bronx was literally on fire. Like the yeah. Bronx 
just they had this intense uh, white flight. And so Manhattan was pushing all of their diversity, all of these people of color. They were just pushing out because real estate was going through the roof. And uh, what was happening is the real estate started becoming uh, more and more valuable in the South Bronx. So uh, uh, landlords and building owners couldn't get these. They just didn't have the rights to get these tenants out unless there was. So they just burned these apartment buildings down with people inside them. Like it was a really fucked up time. So Reinhold Wiege just wanted to get their money and get the fuck out of Manhattan. Yeah. Or the Bronx or wherever. No. So this is the New York that night court takes place in. It's where people are on top of each other before the sort of like, I'll use the term like corporatization or disnification of Manhattan. Sure. Which I'm not using in a negative way, but I'm just saying like before this hegemony, like you couldn't walk from one, like it's in the area where there were like zones. And if you went from one zone to the other, which is maybe four blocks away. Sure. Maybe across the width of Manhattan, which you can walk across in what? Maybe 20 minutes, 35 minutes. Sure. Half hour. The other. Uh, yeah, you. It's like when you think of like, don't go on that block, you'll die. It's that exactly it's real. So that's what we're seeing in. Uh, that's the peanut gallery, if you will, which yes. we might as well discuss. I'm sure we're going to see some familiar faces in there, which I'm excited about. Right. Yeah. But we'll just we'll just say the gallows, as they're called. You yeah. can consider that one character. If you're in a writing room oh, yeah. for Night Court, you are writing for. The gallows as a character, and and there's sure. so much malleability there, which is so much fun because it's the best. Like it's just this roiling sea of like you needed punchline. You can turn the camera to the jury box or the fucking people, like you said, the gallows. And like for example, in this episode, yep. they had a creepy looking old Italian guy in a dirty bathrobe lands a punchline, and that's it. He's like, but how about? Can we whoop and yip? And you're like, perfect, good, great. <laughs> or what was the what was the joke? Uh, he, uh, we'll get. Uh, I mean, do you want to get into it now, or should we just go back to the beginning? And... We we we'll, we'll get to it. That's a taste. It's That's only a, taste a twenty minute. It's only season. a twenty minute long show. So it, yep. like, it really does feel tight without those commercials, huh? Yeah, I'd love to do a little segment on the advertising that you would have been seeing around this time. Ooh, yeah, we'll parcel it out. Because I was thinking doing a crime blotter, if we can find it, like, because I don't know how many episodes are in season one, 24? No, season one is only 13 episodes. 13. So you could do, we could do one month, like the worst crime of January 1984 in New York City. Each episode, we can sort of talk about what the biggest crime at the time would be. Sure. In New York City. If we can find it. I thought about that as we were talking. Oh, absolutely. I didn't do the footwork for it. I mean, because you got to think about when you're watching, how else did we get our news at the time? Newspaper. But you're also getting your 10 o'clock news right after you're watching your night court. Um, Right. I have to to relook at what the TV schedule of when it aired. It moved around a little bit. But it followed. it, It was on Wednesdays. For the first 12 episodes, but then the series, the season finale moved to Thursday after Cheers. 
Ooh, that's a hot spot. And Harry Anderson would often enter a little crossover Cheers. Spoilers. Yeah, he was. Yeah, Harry the Hat. He was a crook on Cheers. Oh yeah, he didn't play Harry T. Stone. We'll we'll get into his niche comedy, yeah. which where Whoa. we're getting. All right, so here we go. We're diving in. Court is in session. The Honorable Hans K is here. I am here. KCV. We're going in. KCV and. The episode begins in the best way ever. Perfect setup. Big old fat Italian guy. Wait, 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 wait. Casey, sorry. It's rude. Although I'm going to be the asshole that sounds rude because I'm like, here it comes. Hey, <laughs> ten, two minutes, dude. Like I'm, like I'm the one putting the pressure on you. Uh, I thought we had 30 minutes. It was actually 30 seconds. It felt to, like, felt like 30 up. years. <laughs> <laughs> time is relative, Hans. Fucking A. Time time goes by uh, so slowly. Uh, can somebody give me that fucking equation, which, man? Which fucking equation? Oh, I didn't mean the, to swear there. We don't really... No, wait, do we? Perception of time. Yeah. Time goes by so slow when you're, when you're doing... fun versus... So yeah. slow when you're like at work. And when you're having fun, it's like that, man. Yeah. Well, it seems simple, but isn't that true? It that is confirmation bias, but yeah, it's, it's confirmation. That's bias. you know what that's evidence of what nerdery, um, humanity. No, that's evidence of like uh, an omnipotent being, or that's evidence of a of a god. Oh, horse you shit. skeptics! It is. <laughs> it's, it's evidence of an shit. angry god. What's, that says, what's she angry oh, about? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and I'll say she, uh, she, he, whatever. Although oh, yeah. you're having fun down there, uh huh. Huh-huh. Let me just take literally takes his weird magnet like magnate like stopwatch and says, "Oh, enjoy your podcast." Zip. You're on you personally. What if everyone's not everyone's having fun at the same time? Yeah, that's that. The God is all powerful, so it has a clock for everyone. Literally, in my in my vision. It's like this amazing set piece where he has a different looking clock that matches your personality and he goes and plays with it when he wants. <laughs> winds it up, winds it back. I think there have been a number of works of fiction with, with that based on that conceit that about the clocks. All dogs go to heaven was one. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got I got a couple atheists at the to... table here. Well, this is a surprise. What? What? Oh, hell yeah. Oh. Totally yeah. atheist. Yeah. Uh, uh a- what's it? not agnostic atheist? I thought you said you were willing to believe in evidence. Yeah. Somebody gave you irrefutable evidence. evidence. Yeah. Then that makes you agnostic. There's possibility. Psst. Yeah. Um I got gotcha, you, no, bitch. Getting, <laughs> now it's just a longer conversation. It really than, yeah, we've just had we one of those in in 30 seconds <laughs> well it's it's the question always is am i the mcconaughey at this table and i'm sitting <laughs> and i'm sitting with totally. two uh two freaky airways. fridays does anybody two get alleys. that reference freaky no. friday yeah that 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 was a, a i know the book i, I never think, saw the movie she the initial movie Jodie Foster, that's her name. Yeah, yeah she was in Freaky Friday. I'm the McConaughey next to two nasty Fosters. <laughs> Australian for skeptic. <laughs> no, that, that, that was good. That, that was Come not on. bad. I'll get here. 
Ooh. There we go. <laughs> it's the question always is what would it take to make you change your mind? And you know what? Uh, and I'm I'm obviously playing devil's advocate because there is a devil. <laughs> I'm obviously playing devil's advocate because the, the world needs atheists as much as it does believers and the world needs as many different belief systems as there are people on it and that's the only way we can have like a cohesive existence does it need it thesis what if we all did believe the same thing though then we would be all wearing the same jumpsuits and eating that same uh cream of wheat that they eat in uh, right. uh the matrix but we wouldn't be arguing about uh arts funding and but it just takes that one person to get out of line and the whole domino effect falls and we'd we all realize on, we're robots. Yeah, we'd be robots, but we'd yeah. be on Mars by now for sure. Yeah, but Ooh, we wouldn't enjoy it. We wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> What's it would, the point? Being on Mars would be in the same... Walking on Mars would be the same as brushing your teeth because we have the same level of enjoyment in every activity because there's no highs or lows. Or weirdos. Or weirdos. This yeah. podcast would just be... One zero zero one one zero zero zero, and then you'd answer zero, zero zero. That's it. Um, as many belief systems it must have atheists because oh man, I had you the had... point of oh, all points and to now make. It's gone. It is gone, and that's just the way she rolls, man. That is damn, damn. Oh. Well, when it comes back to you, capture it. Oh, I will. Yeah. And I'll Something write bad. it on a donation slip with your names on it and give it to the Catholic Church. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Fine. Something about agnostics? Uh, yeah, something about, obviously, I'm playing devil's advocate. And, uh, yeah, you, uh, to be an atheist, to not believe in God does not mean to not have faith, right? Like, you have faith that there's life on other planets. No. 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 Don't try and hardline have, me. No. Try to not have, to fa- have faith. We have Belief, which is not necessarily the same thing as faith. Pedantic. That's what I do. <laughs> you guys are really no, getting upset here. No, no, no. I'm not I upset. Belief. I, can, I, I feel have... the tension here. We're getting juicy. I have hope yes. that there's life out there. You don't twist it like you're the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is... Beliefs by definition, faith by definition faith. is without, without evidence. Anything you think... It's a choice. Without evidence. Yeah, exactly. It's without evidence. And I never told you and the story. You I never told that. you. All you can say about that is there's no evidence of that. So uh, to be a believer is to be foolish. Uh, because, right? That's that's it's, not very polite. Is believing in oh, things no, 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 without no. evidence I, and foolish? I don't mean foolish. And I don't if mean, you think believing mean, in something without evidence is foolish, then yes. Let's change the word uh, foolish to eh, ignorance not any better is it no but but it, these it, are if you take away the society's connotation of the words and just realize it means uh misguided uh that's a value judgment i think yeah. and that's relative or not yes yeah it kind of is kind of I, ne- I never told you the story about the the dwarf who proselytized me at the allentown fair this is my this is my belief story spice, is spicy spicy Dwarf is not was, appropriate. Yeah, I think that's what... Isn't that what they use? For dwarf? planets, it's fine. Oh, For fine. People. Jeez, Allison. <laughs> yeah. But it, the condition is dwarfism. So there, yeah. I'm at the Allentown Fair with my friend Sherry. She's gone up to the, the Ritz to get some ice cream. I'm waiting on a bench. This, I didn't say midget. Give me that. Oh, my this, God <laughs> almighty. This, 
this little person. I need some water. Too much spice in, <laughs> in my mouth. Who comes up to me and, and says, he, he wants to, you know, he's taking a survey. And could he ask me some questions? And I said, sure. And he's a dwarf. I'm sitting oh down. Oh, my God. He's, you know, we're in eye level. You verified what his, condi- his medical condition was? I guess that's legit. He was a stumpy little guy, okay? And so he won. He's doing he was a, a DeVito. He was a DeVito. No, I don't. DeVito is, the, is an amalgam. Yeah, I don't think he has dwarfism. He's a normal man yeah, who's he's just, just small short. and squat, yeah, he's but just, he has no, he, he has no dwarfism. regular he limbs or yeah. shorties. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's, you know, so he asked me um, if I knew who Billy Graham was, Uh-oh. and I said yes. And he wanted to know if there was a like a Billy Graham style crusade there at the fairgrounds at the grandstand. Would I go? And I said no. And he wanted to know why. And I said it doesn't interest me. And he said something about, well, wouldn't you like to learn about Jesus? And I said, dude, there are many, many opportunities to learn about Jesus. There, anybody who wants to learn about Jesus can do so and i don't want to do it for my filthy dwarf <laughs> and I've, so, den- I've denied it to much taller men than you <laughs> jesus hated the short why do you think he made you like that you're punished so he sort of was asking me you know this is how, how any any evangelist does they sort of get the foot in the door with innocuous survey questions and they start yakking at you and at some point i said look you said we could stop talking whenever I said, and I'm tired of talking about this. So he sort of changes changes tactics, and he says, are you from Allentown? And I said, no, I live here now, but I am from Athens, West Virginia. And he reared back and put his hand over his heart, and his eyes got real big, and he said, I went to drug rehab in Athens, West Virginia. And I said, Okay. No, you did not. There's no Maybe drug scamming rehab. you. Well, at the time, I had never heard of. I said, "What drug rehab?" I had never heard of any drug rehab. And remember, town of eight hundred thousand people. Yeah, yeah. I said, I said, "What's it called?" And he said, "Appalachian Teen Challenge." And I said, "I've never heard of that. Where is it?" And he said, "Unity Road." I'm like, okay, well, I know where Unity Road is. So, all right. So the thing is that checks out barely. Well, it, they are cuckoo. It's a room in they the sewer. Are cuckoo berries out there i found out more about them ever since but at the time just one road in athens is the crazy road no oh. no we've got more than one but the no the teen challenge people it's it's oh, oh there's a teen challenge yeah and it's it's um it's not just in athens it's a you know it's a franchise operation where they they cure addictions with jesus uh and, like yeah yeah it's not not a new concept but the point is that he he says to me that because I grew up in Athens, West Virginia, and he went to drug rehab in Athens, West Virginia, that Jesus had chosen him personally and sent him personally to find me and tell me about Jesus. How can it be just a coincidence? And that's when you say, my... let's go do a rail, my little man. <laughs> that's when I say, well, my friend has gotten her ice cream and we're leaving now because she, Sherry had turned around, sees me talking to little John. His name was John. And she gives me the sort of doggy head tilt like, Nur? and I went and waved her off like, stay there, stay there. You don't want to get into this. But it, I used to tell that story when I was teaching speech communication I used to tell that story to my students as an illustration of the difference between right and wrong. Well, <laughs> that tall and that, short. Mm-hmm. That too. That faith. That kind of faith 
is a choice. Yes. It's a choice. He chose to believe that, that, that Jesus sent him personally to find me in Allentown, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. because little dude went to drug rehab in my hometown, to which I say, my ass. I, I don't believe that for a minute. Just and think like of how we, much to choose. Go ahead, Henry. Think of how much, dis- if he actually believed that, yeah. think of how stressed he must be to not fulfill his God-given yeah. task. Yep. He didn't bring fate. me into the fold. But we all have faith. Either that or he's a, just a pure con man and didn't knew one ro- the name of one road in. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. Did he gotcha. He was looking down at his cell phone. No. We do all have faith that we're actually right here and not in a computer mainframe right now, yeah. right? So that's a belief faith system. <laughs> so actually, technically, we all do have faith, a universal faith, and therefore our God is an unholy Dom who lives in a basement. Well, we all believe in Dom, yes, but... I mean, that's faith. We choose. Faith to believe that there's something outside the this concept. door that's not just green lines of code. We've seen beside outside that door. Have we? We believe we have. (laughs) And we're not just in some dog's dream. Whoever theory that is, I didn't take it. But it's a scientist, I think. There's, all right, Dom is like one. There's this dictum called Occam's Razor, right? Oh, yeah. You don't multiply the, the, the entities necessary to explain something. Right. The simplest solution. The simplest solution should be favored. Doesn't mean it's always true, but it's that's a where it, where you should go first. Heuristic, a rule of thumb, and to invent a dom to explain this universe. Not simple. Is is fun and it makes for Ooh, good podcasting. Don't but religious. Don't uh, don't speak against the D. <laughs> but uh, but he is one entity more than is necessary to explain it in my opinion yes so the ease the oxen's razor of reality then is to just realize that this is all a wavy smoke man that's it that's the (laughs) easiest way to think about it because any other explanation is overthinking it where'd the smoke come from what are you talking about? exactly that's overthinking it that's not no that's that's, not that's necessary to your smoke theory of the universe it's not you have to once you, invent, of, once you invent a universe full of smoke, you have to then ask questions about where the smoke was created, how it came to be here, I'm who's projecting images onto the smoke. <laughs> J- don't ask who the projector is. We do, Just we exist do ask. in the projection. That's, that's science, yeah. is asking but, how, and going as far as we can down the road. Of asking. As close as we can to the creation of the universe and figure using out. the razor theory. So what's simple? All right, I follow you. What's simple after that? What's simple after that? What's simple after that? What's yeah. simple after that? Right to state until you get to a point where there's no possible explanation. Right. I mean that's true and that's fine and that's fair and that's skeptical mm-hmm. and that's something I'm I'm game with too. I, okay. I'm I'm acting like I'm like the most faith driven person around. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm just playing the game here. Yeah, and it is a game. It's huh? a smoky game. Life is game. Life is game. That's your Occam. That's, that's by a Bay City Rollers song. Down. It's a game. But anyway. They had more than one? Yes. Oh, I love the Bay City Rollers. You would do, don't diss the Bay City Rollers. No, I'll join okay. them. All right, I'll good. join them tonight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Can we find the Occam's razor to end this motherfucker? Because my brain is about to... <laughs> We talked about it. I got a top brain, and you know what's happening? What's happening? You know when you put too much water in a glass? 
it drowns, and that's what you're doing to my brain here. So let's let's find that Occam's razor to close her up, baby. What? <laughs> there is a god. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. You want, you want to be the bailiff? I'll be a bailiff. I'll be bull. <laughs> I can be the bailiff. The honorable. All right, go ahead. All right. Well, you can be honorable. Welcome to Have a Good Night Court. Court is now in session. All right, so there it is. So to hear the pilot episode of Having Good Night Court, just head on over to Have a Good Night Court, new podcast, and the pilot episode is going to be waiting for you, I think. Uh, real quick cleanup. Um Thanks for listening. Uh, please go ahead and, uh, if you can, share the podcast, download an episode, subscribe for sure, um, rate, review us. That really helps uh, new people find the podcast. And uh, go check out Have a Good Night Court. Uh, sorry about the teaser, but the podcast is free, obviously. Um, and if you could do the same for us over there, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Let's enjoy the next, what did we say, like 900 episodes? Um what else was it? Oh, check out the Facebook page. It's the Jerk Practice Podcast at Jerk Practice Pod. Uh, we love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. But ding ding. <laughs>